From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. Tuesday, May 31st, 2022, not the wrong, not the correct opening clip there, uh, intro, but I figured why play the other one again for the, I've done that before in the past, not to confuse anybody. This is not an interview. Welcome to the daily wrap up. We are talking about some important things today. And of course that clip just never, that's actually why I ended up playing that. That clip is just so incredibly important as it always has been for the call out of the military industrial complex, which is also in that speech, but the, the lesser known part of that speech about the rising of a scientific elite that will be abused. You know, it will be a, a, a position that will pretend to care about what they're trying to accomplish for you, pretend what's best for you, but actually do what's best in their, what achieves their ends, their own interests. And if there's never been a more precise, I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. There's a lot of actual historical quotes from people earlier in this country that pretty much on the nose pointed exactly what's happening right now. But that one just stands out to me with exactly where we are right now. Because just because it's a scientific elite or a military elite or whatever you want to call it doesn't inherently mean it's a bad thing. But what we're talking about today are people that are rising to that position using deceit, being malicious. And that's exactly what he was talking about. So it's important that we consider that this is not just something new to today, but that that there's a precedent for this. There have been people in our government even that have cautioned against exactly what's happening now. Again, both militarily and in a new biosecurity state that's being built around us. It's alarming. And we've been seeing this happen for a long time now. Well, we're going to talk about COVID-19 predominantly, I guess, today in regard to vaccines. Sort of like the, the long point being, as I put in the first part of the title, the obscene continuation of the cover-up of COVID-19 danger, uh, COVID-19 injection dangers. It's just, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, even the point I've made many times, if you even take them directly at their word right now, exactly what they say, it's clear there's more risk than there is benefit. And they just don't say that though. The idea that you have, again, it's almost kind of a running joke. How many rare problems can you put in a big pile before it's no longer a rare risk that you could have some kind of problem? We're long since been there. We've been there for quite a long time. It's there's those clips we play that like a you know running of credit at the end of a show where it just lists off the things that they've said, not high possible, not we're not sure, not you know investigating, but said for sure can happen, very rare, but can happen, and it's it's obscene. It's obscene. And again, I'm not trying to tell you to believe exactly what I believe. I think I'm right based on the evidence, but. What it does need, the only thing you should take away from this, if there's one thing you're going to walk away with, is that you should have a choice. It's all we've ever said. That's why they're so desperate to make a conspiracy theory to argue that we should think for ourselves. Even if I'm wrong, by the way, I still have a right to say, I want to make my own decision. Not that you argue because of something you've claimed over here. Even if right, 
makes me have to take action, but then ask whether they're lying about that, whether they're incorrect, whether they've made a mistake. All these things should matter, but in today's clown world, it doesn't. You just have to do what you're told. In Ukraine, COVID-19, monkeypox, climate change, doesn't matter. Just do what you're told because you're wrong if you disagree. That's where we are. And it's obscene how obvious it is that they're wrong. Masks is very clear in this this topic. We're going to, another really important clip, I think I'm going to play the whole thing today, of somebody speaking in front of uh, the New Hampshire Senate. And just, it's unbelievable. And I think he made an effect, had an effect on them. The point is, though, that this is very clear. All of it. The point I'm coming back to, though, is the danger from the jab, the injection. And it's just over the top. And the cover-up part of it is what I'm pointing at in the title. It's not just that they're ignoring it, but in fact going, look at this very strange, completely baffling thing over here that has no connection to the obvious thing that we should at least ask could be the problem. Nope. And that shows you that's the biggest red flag of them all. It's not like they're going, we investigated and we're clear that's not it. They're just skipping right over. What's this baffling brain disease being caused by? Well, here's 14 peer-reviewed studies that say that that can happen from the injection, but we're baffled. We're baffled. Same thing today. Encephalitis is the one I'm going to focus on today, at least in part, which we know. I've, I've talked about this. Swelling of the brain. Inflammation in general can be caused also by the masks, by the way, but specifically the injections. And yet we're baffled by this encephalitis problem. Or specific, excuse me, I take that back. I'm conflating stories in my mind. This one has to do with going, look at what's being caused by mosquitoes. Look at what's happening. I'm, I'm making sure I'm not conflating. Yeah, that was correct. Okay. So mosquitoes being released, GMO mosquitoes, shouldn't miss that connection, by the way, for what we continue to show you about the people involved with the GMO foods that was an utter failure and yet we're still going forward, but that it's causing these GMO mosquitoes are weirdly causing encephalitis. What do you know? Now that actually could be true, by the way, and that should be alarming for us because they're being put into the wild and they're hurting people if that's actually what's happening. So it's weird. Either way you spin this story, they're responsible. But I believe that they're covering up what's happening, at least in part, everywhere. Whether that's the heart attack cover-ups by naming this or you know whatever other narrative because of climate change or whatever else. Every single thing that we can at least tell you is can be caused by this injection is being broadly covered up by some other thing that they can't prove. Now, could it be what they're pointing at? Of course it could. But why, when we know for sure this can cause that, are we looking for any other plausible... You know that answer. You know why. Because there's an effort to keep this under wraps. Now, there's a lot more we'll get into today in regard to mass, in regard to Fauci's monkeypox grant, which shouldn't be that surprising to you, by the way. I, it's an important topic because of the, the information flying around today, but it's one of those stories that I feel is kind of partisan related, but it really is important. But it's not that new. It's information that's always been there. It's public information for the most part. Actually, I, I'll get ahead of myself. There's more to it. And we'll get to the end of that story at the end of the show today, so make sure you stay tuned. But my point overall there is that there's just so much obvious information that they're doing exactly what they pretend isn't happening. We don't, you know, one more document adds to that, but it's, I don't think we should be questioning that they're at least involved with something they don't want us to see around this entire topic. But to start off today, I want to make an interesting point. Actually, well, first of all, a point about bots. As we've been taking to doing lately, I have a couple of points in the beginning that are mildly abstract, but relate to the larger point of the story. I hope many of you know this by now. Even the ones that I point at in the beginning tend to have an overarching point that connects with something in the show. Not that I need to point that out and be clumsy about it, but I'm sure most of you see that by now. But so this point is interesting. First of all, Disclosed TV points out that new 12% of all traffic originating from Twitter is made up of bots. 
a study by global cybersecurity company CHEQ shows. Now, first of all, I don't buy it for a second. I think it's way, way more than that. Now, that doesn't mean that, I mean, there, there's a lot of people that use Twitter. We all know that. But I would argue that however many that would be, let's just say it's a billion people on Twitter. Who knows what the number really would be? I would argue that there's probably billions more bots on top of that. Whatever that would be. Like, my point is, it doesn't matter to suggest that like half of it's on there as bots doesn't mean that there's less actual people, in my opinion. Obviously, a lot of people use Twitter. My point is that they're, the more people, the more bots. That's the point. And this is not a secret anymore. Remember when that used to be a conspiracy theory? Jeez, what isn't real that was once a conspiracy, for crying out loud? Everything but or, or nothing. But the point is that I don't believe 12%. I think that's sort of an intentionally low number. But nonetheless, take away from this that they're finally admitting that their people, political, governmental, corporations, social media companies themselves are all using bots to influence, manipulate, and change your mind the way they want you to think. This shouldn't be crazy by now. It's very obvious. But my point was, when they put this out there, so reading the title, 12% of all traffic originating from Twitter is bots. And I said, as each side of the two-party illusion screams, I knew it, but points at the other side. <laughs> Hopefully you guys got the point from that because that's the ridiculous nature of where we are. So they both agree, except they point to the other side. The reality being that both sides are doing that. You see, this is why the two-party illusion is the biggest hindrance to actually realizing the problem. Most people within it see the problem. They just only see it on one side and it never changes. I said, while in reality, it's just simply the government, guys all sides of it, using these bots to manipulate the people. And it's not just government in this case, but you know, corporations and everything are listed. Parties are just the window dressing. Stop falling for it. But of course, the ones that don't want to hear that will think I'm a shill for one side or the other, or Russia or Iran or whatever suits their narrative of the day and ignore what I'm saying. But it's interesting though, to watch it evolve. It always is. Oh, I, no, that's interesting. I forget. You know what I figured? I think I added this at the at last second and I forgot where I was going to put this. In any case, since it's in front of me, I'll make a comment on this before I go to the re first real point of the show today. This is interesting to me. Azov, oh, I think I did throw this in the beginning just because I, I didn't, I'm not going to get into Ukraine today. Azov Battalion drops neo-Nazi symbol exploited by Russia propagandists. So here's what's really funny about this. It's so painful to watch as they try to make sense of how ridiculous their stance is right now. So first of all, they've been screaming us down that it's not a neo-Nazi symbol, right? No, no, no. It means not in, in the idea of a nation, right? It's an N and an I, you stupid conspiracy theorists. Except now when they move it away, they go, oh, but it was, but we were wrong still. <laughs> How many times have I painted this picture? So if it wasn't a neo-Nazi symbol, why would they have to remove it? But now that they have removed it, it is a neo-Nazi symbol. So that, and that makes sense to anybody who doesn't care to think about how ridiculous this looks. Then you look exploited by the Russian propagandists. But wait a minute, you just said it was a neo-Nazi symbol. So why was it exploited if what their claim was is, look, they're wearing a neo-Nazi symbol? I mean, this is just, ba this is embarrassing level mental gymnastics to try to make sense of, see, see, they're not wearing it anymore now, so shut up about it. <laughs> well, no, because there's an obvious history. And guess what? When you actually talk to these people, they'll tell you exactly what they are, except that's not what happens. They'll tell you, they'll show you a person that works for USAID and say, look at what they did. I've gone over this story a hundred times in a thousand different ways. That's not to say that every person in Ukraine is a certain way or that everyone in the government is. But the bottom line is it's a painted, clear, outlined agenda from the CIA forward involving a lot of different entities, but that they have built a fascist entity in Ukraine. It's on their documentation, guys. They did it on purpose to use against the Soviet Union, which then became Russia as the evolution of this from 1948 forward continued. 
the Organization for Ukrainian Nationalists. They built this thing. Anyway, I don't want to get too sidetracked because this was just the point, just to show you how ridiculous this is, right? Suddenly, oh no, that's not ISIS. That's Hayatirah al-Sham, you crazy conspiracy theorist. Oh, you mean the exact same thing that you just gave a different title? I don't think Hayatirah al-Sham is the appropriate name to use there, but plenty of people have made this clear. Vanessa Bealy, Eva Bartlett, plenty of people covering this have made clear that all they do is simply alter the reality. So the same thing doing bad, same entity doing bad things in Syria suddenly gets a new name. And no, they're no longer terrorists. They're moderate rebels now because we just don't call them the same thing. The majority of people don't know any better. And as we're screaming, waving our arms, going at the same group, they shout you down to conspiracy theorists. It's the same thing over and over on damn repeat. Anyway, the point is, Azov removed their neo-Nazi symbols that you just told us weren't neo-Nazi symbols from its insignia that has helped perpetuate Russian propaganda being in the grip of far-right nationalism, even though it's literally what's happening. Because the people in leadership positions, the political parties from Svoboda to the National Guard, National Corps, excuse me, or the National Guard being overrun by the Azov movement, which is an international reaching group that's influencing people all around the world at the behest of their leaders and and regime change funders like the U.S. government. But on top of that, you have the open neo-Nazi groups like the Azov Battalion within the movement, Georgia Legion, Svoboda, the political party, the uh, which is the other one that I'm thinking of, Right Sector. I mean, I could go on, guys. These are openly stated outward, for, forward, like on the surface, on their shoulder. We're neo-Nazi groups and we want to hurt these people. They'll tell you this stuff. Anyway, watch them rearrange the story as it goes forward. So keeping this in mind and watching how easy it is for them to just go, ooh, look, we just changed the story because we said so. It applies to everything. Why do people trust that they're being honest with you when they just got caught lying 30 seconds ago because of political investment? Now, here's a story that's going to upset some people for many, many different reasons, not even on the same page. But this is also an overarching point that I really want you to consider. I'm not going to put my finger on it just, in, just not until the end. Because this very much relates to exactly what's happening today. Not even in this context of a, of a trans person or whatever else. This, re- direct, re- this relates to your medical freedom. Now, this person points out, despite being warned by doctors that this could harm the baby, a male Australian trans paramedic who'd taken the drug Domperidone breastfed, it's not, I, that's, that's in, even, even using it right there is an inappropriate term because it's not what happened. And I'll show you, this is coming directly from the experts. You know, the very same experts that these same people would otherwise say, you're crazy for not trusting the science. But then when those science experts, doctors tell them you're going to do something that's bad, they go, shut up. You're insulting me. <laughs> OK, so you don't trust the science then you trust what you think you want to know. But going forward, breastfed a baby in an hour after birth and said, quote, I wanted to know what it was like. It was a nice experience. Well, let's dig into this a little bit. As critics say, only women can produce milk. So the whole framing of this is you're a bad person for for not acknowledging that her reality that she believes he she whatever you want to call this person is the reality so what about the science though what does the science say what do the doctors say none of that matters because how dare you suggest this isn't a man but wait a minute i thought we were supposed to be trusting the science i thought so it's only selective choice when and where these things matter how does any of this make sense to anybody when nothing means everything and everything means nothing you don't just get to selectively choose when you want to apply these things The point is that they told this person that it was dangerous. And they did it anyway. And then you can hear what the actual experts on this topic. I don't mean just doctors. I mean, the literal experts on this exact topic will tell you that this isn't even milk. This is some this is some weird 
hormonally created excretion that's not even actually milk. So what are we talking about anymore? If the whole premise is this was about saving the baby's life because the mom was having a problem producing milk, and then, of course, that just perfectly falls into the baby formula problem today. Don't even get into that. Well, that still then doesn't make sense because the doctor told you that it doesn't have the nutritious value you need to help the baby. So it just becomes this roundabout topic where nobody's allowed to criticize because if you do, you're a bad person. Except when we want to do something in the reverse in regard to any other realm of health, we're a bad person for not doing what we're told we have to do. That these people would shout you down for saying the science said you're wrong. So that overarching beginning point, let's read through this and you'll, it'll make more sense for those that aren't familiar with this topic. Brisbane paramedic Jennifer Buckley was warned by doctors against trying to nourish newborn son Auden from her ch own chest. Again, this is a man. Okay, just so we're clear about that. This is a trans or whatever. I don't I forget which way this goes. This is a man who has altered the, his body to look like a woman. Uh, and from the person's own chest, and she said, ahead anyway. So, or went ahead anyway. So at the exact opposite direction of the doctors, if, if this is what you should do or you shouldn't do, they went against what the doctor recommended. Now, why would that be this person's choice? Well, because that's called medical freedom, and this is their child, and they make those choices, right? I can agree with that, regardless of whether I think it's disgusting and dangerous and, and I just, a thousand other words I could throw in there. It is that person's right, because it's their child, right? Except unless there's laws on the books that specifically say one thing or the other, and you can dispute those laws and so on. We can go deep into that. The same argument they would throw at us, well, vote it away then. If you don't agree with the law, then vote and change it. Become active. Except when the reverse happens, it's that you just get shouted down because they're allowed to break the law for their political standing. It's all completely contradictory. But it goes on to say, being a trans woman, I can't carry. It's one of the limitations of it all. Right. The point is that it goes against what is natural. Now, I'm not trying to insult anybody. You guys know my stance on this. I guarantee, no matter how friendly I was with this topic, somebody out there is going to take offense. I have always made the stance that you can do whatever you want with your own body. It does not, though, become the, I have to do what you think I should say or do about your body. That's ridiculous. You're allowed to do and say and call yourself whatever you want. I, I don't even have I don't even have a I don't even problem with that. Like I want to be really clear about that. I have no problem with a person doing whatever they want. I have my opinions about it, but I actually believe in allowing people to make their own bodily decisions, however crazy I may personally think they are. The problem, though, is that we're being forced to feel and think about those things the way that they want you to. And if you don't, then you're a bad person. None of this has to do with facts or science or even politics anymore. This is just about emotional manipulation. But it goes on to say, to know I could breastfeed my own child, which is inaccurate, scientifically in every possible way, and, that, and have that experience, I wanted to be a part of that, this person said. I wanted to know what it was like to be a mom and breastfeed. You know, because of course, if it was a natural born woman, then this wouldn't be a problem, right? So you're altering things to be able to make something happen that is not naturally there. This is just basic reality. I don't care what you want to call it. If that offends you, then you're offended by the reality of science. The controversial practice has been criticized by specialists as experimental and unethical. Starting to sound familiar? But Miss Buckley believed that she had the right to breastfeed her infant. Fine. In fact, I would even go as far as to say that that it would uh, legally it would make. I mean, aside from the weird quasi situation here with, you know, where the trans situation lies legally, it's kind of a gray area in a lot of different ways. But the bottom line is, this is a person, and I'll even go further and show you this. Oh, it says right there, Buckley froze his sperm, her, her sperm. It's ridiculous, which was used to conceive out. And okay, so this man froze his sperm before he altered his body, 
and use that sperm with another woman to have this baby. So it's legally even his baby. Okay. So the idea that they would take these action or decide not to do certain things is still their right. And I would stand behind that as much as I would think it's weird, wrong, unnatural. The act of doing the breastfeeding, whatever you want to call it. So my point though, is not to miss the real obvious overlap, right? The experts, scientific, medical, and otherwise said that this is experimental and unethical. But she believed he had the right to do it. That was confusing. He, she, I just, I, you get my point. Okay, so the point is, why does that apply in this case, right? When it's my child and they're telling me I have to inject that child. And I'm saying, well, I have the right to decide that child's next step. Now, you could argue, of course, as I'm sure they would try to make this abstract and do, well, that doesn't affect anybody else. Well, first of all, there's not necessarily a way you could know that for sure. But on top of that, that's, it does, at the end of the day, it's not about, when you get into the realm of saying that my, my choices could in some way affect you, therefore you have the say over my choice, I mean, you've lost your way. That's, there's no defendable situation there. That's why it becomes hypocritical and double standards all over the place. The point is that it's your choice and your medical freedom for your child and your family, and that's always been the reality. Informed consent and so on. So when you're able to stand back and say, well, I have a right to make this decision in the face, actually literally in flying against the expert testimony, why would it apply there and not to a, a, a mother with her child in the injection or any other variation? How about just, here's a better way to put it. How about the mask? It's just unreal that this is not seen as a contradiction to these people. Now, it gets worse. Ms. Buckley said her uh, endocrinologist had suggested she try to produce breast milk a couple of months before her wife gave birth. After consulting with her uh, endocrinologist, excuse me, Ms. Buckley upped her estrogen to mimic pregnancy and started taking the drug Domperidone. Okay, so first of all, now, so you're up, you're, you're adding estrogen to high levels in your body to mimic pregnancy. So your body is in a position where you're not, that's not normal. Your body's not prepared for that. We're getting, no matter what you want to argue, you're dumping chemicals into your body to create an unnatural situation. That's just the simple scientific reality, which causes, bre- well, then it goes on to say that that drug she took on top of that, which by the way, is in your body. So now you're adding more pharmaceutical drugs, which I have more points about that going forward, about pharmaceuticals being in the environment because we don't talk about it. But that drug is an anti-nausea medication. So this gets even more ridiculous. So now we're applying anti-nausea medication to create fake breast milk for babies to eat. Where's the, where's the FDA approval for that? Oh, who cares about that though? Because we only talk about those things where it applies to injections. But over here, we're using things willy-nilly that have no mean, like it's the idea of aspirin off label and so on, right? The point goes back to things like ivermectin. Why in the world that somebody, a doctor would be able to, wouldn't be able to say, try this that has obviously peer-reviewed scientific background for this exact purpose, but then in reverse, what was the story we were just talking about? It was the person saying that, oh, I'm blanking on all of a sudden. It was the doctor. Oh, it, it was, oh shoot, I'm, I'm not going to try to remember. There was we, somebody in the chat remind me, we just talked about this and the doctor was saying, well, but aside, you know, it's not like some dummy talking about ivermectin. It was, oh, it was the, it was the people getting, oh, that's right. It was the, it was the doctor injecting under five-year-olds, right? So this doctor made an argument that he had the right to inject people, even though there was no approval, even though it wasn't legally allowed because he had a moral obligation, but then said, but it's not like those dummies talking about ivermectin. How in the world can you pretend that's even a different situation? 
In fact, there's far more scientific evidence to back up the use of that in that position than giving a child an experimental unapproved injection that you don't even, I mean, it's, I could go off forever on this. It's such an obvious contradiction, regardless of your stance. It doesn't even, even if everything you think you know is true about these, they're safe and effective and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't the law matter? Doesn't the law matter that says we're not approved for this? Are we supposed to be trusting the science that says approved or not approved? I mean, it does, it's just incredible how willy-nilly this is. You get to pick and choose which ones you apply, and anybody else gets shouted down because you're either a racist, bad person, white supremacist, whatever. Just use your name to throw people down. After consulting with this person, they took the drug. The drug is an anti-nausea medication that just, I guess, just was found to increase levels of hormone pro prolactin. So I guess we don't even care whether that is the production of prolactin and how, what that process might do to the child or whether or not it has all the things that normal breast milk should, like the cannabinoids and the different things that increase the connection with the mother or the desire to, to uh, what's the, the term they use? It, it creates the first latching on of the nipple, which, which, can, which is, is a, it's an inherent process. Right, babies don't just born with the knowledge. It's something that's inherent in them, and that's part of the process that it creates this draw. Anyway, I could go on forever. I, I uh, somebody Jaslyn I've worked with in the past is very, very a specialist in this topic, and we talk about stuff like that a lot. But the point is, this hormone causes breasts to grow and makes milk during pregnancy and after birth. So you know you're three steps removed. You're giving someone an anti anti nausea medication just because it was found to increase the hormone. So why wouldn't you just give them the hormone? What about all those other side effects of the anti-nausea medication? Who cares? They're giving them an anti-nausea medication to increase a hormone, which then causes breasts to grow. And, and, the, and the, I mean, ugh, God, it just makes me sick to think that this is acceptable right now. While we're being told we have to force an injection into somebody that we know is not safe. But we're over here going, yeah, yeah, keep doing all this stuff that we are off the rails about. This is like the Wild West of breastfeeding babies. Miss Buckley then began using a breast pump to induce milk, which, this which he froze. So now we're talking about not even breath. Now you're freezing some of this stuff and holding it, and that's supposed to be healthy and natural? It says, I've only been transitioning for a year and a half. My breast developed hadn't been completed, and it was harder than I thought to get him to latch on. So you haven't even finished the process, and you're, you're basically forcing this baby to do something unnatural. And then especially the part where we talk about what's coming out. It is unnerving to me. Miss Buckley said when doctors at the hospital learned that she was trying to breastfeed Auden and warned the fam, the two of them, the two, the man and the woman, it could put the newborn at risk. So here's where the doctors come out. Okay. While they're doing this quietly in their room, they come out and go, Whoa, okay. That's dangerous. Like, well, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but that's going to, that could, that could put your child at risk. Okay. So again, I argue that they have the right to make this choice if they put their child at risk. But then if that child then dies because of some process, are they then possibly going, could they be arrested for it? Could they be charged for it? Well, you know that's happening right now in regard to even just the lack of action around COVID-19 injections. It just makes me sick to watch how obviously what a double standard this is. Knowing that this is dangerous, this is not even a question. The doctors asked Miss, uh, the, I don't, I mean, this is so frustrating as they play this game. Miss Horny Buckley, as opposed to Miss Buckley, Right, just call them their names for crying out. They're so desperately trying to force this down your throat that these are not these are not that this is normal. But it says to sign a waiver. So they forced this person to sign a waiver and wanted to see the documentary evidence of the blood infection status of this person. So then even that, they're not even taking into account that this person, this man had a previous blood infection and whether that could make the person sick or the baby sick. But they're talking about a waiver that they were forcing them to sign because they knew this was dangerous. Miss Buckley said she was made to feel like she was not the biological parent. That, that, that doesn't even make sense. 
obviously you are the biological parent. They knew that because your sperm was used. So the, to pretend like this is this is about virtue signaling here to go, the doctors didn't make me feel like I would. What does it matter what you made you feel? This is about the safety of the child. And this point is they blast these, these doctors' pictures. These are the ones that did it. That what? That stuck to the facts and the science? Exactly. So these people, I pro- how much you want to bet? If somebody wants to follow up on this, this Dr. Uh, Kakalas here, as well as Dr. Arkaj, Arkaj, that's an interesting name. How much you want to bet these people are probably going to lose their jobs or probably going to be protested out or whatever, or the doctor's administration will, or the hospital's administration will take action because they're too cowardly to stand up for what's right. My point is they're calling them out for making them feel like they weren't the, ah, it makes me angry. It really does. Dr. Kakulis from the University of Western Australia's medical school specializes in lactation and believes only women produce breast milk. <laughs> what do you mean believes? Here's the next, next paragraph. While it is possible for male breast tissue to produce something, what exactly that is, how it may or may not resemble breast milk, and whether this is healthy for the individual person or the baby are all unknown and never been studied. Right. But let's go back to the first sentence where the Daily Mail feels the need to say this stupid doctor believes that only women do that. What a racist. What a bigot. Like, that's what that's supposed to be taken as. And the whole article is like this. But yet the expert who is literally an expert in lactation is telling you not (laughs) simply telling you that what they're pushing out of of the male breast is nothing even remotely close to actual milk. And it does baby. And on top of that, we don't know if it's safe and it's completely unstudied. But let's allow these parents to do this, but then freak out about people not putting a mask on their child or forcing them to take an injection that we know is dangerous. We have lost our way, guys. In my view, in nature, only females lactate in mammals. That's a fact. So trying to do something against nature won't result in any good. But that's offensive, so you're not allowed to say that, regardless of how verifiable it is. Science, right? Anna Kerr, principal solicitor at the Feminist Legal Clinic, the Feminist Legal Clinic, by the way, there's always this interesting debate, like feminists are now racist or or bigoted, apparently, because they they won't date other, like, it's just, they're eating themselves alive. It's ridiculous. But it says, it said it was harmful to characterize Galactorera, a milky nipple discharge in trans women as breast milk. That makes me literally feel sick. So you are forcing your body in an unnatural way using hormones and random drugs for nausea to make your breast get larger and produce some kind of weird milky discharge and acting like that's normal because it makes you feel like a mother. I haven't seen any evidence men can lactate and produce milk in the quantities that can sustain a child's life and to attempt to do so in experimenting on a child. Right, so now it's okay to experiment on them, but no, it's just everything about this is wrong. Now, to take a step back again, recognize my point in saying that I still stand by the point of that they have the right to make their child's decision, but then they have to stand by the the risks and the side effects of what they're doing, especially if that then leads to some kind of legal action against them for putting them at risk, knowing that doctor said that's dangerous, knowing they made him sign a waiver, on and on and on. The point is, it's just obviously one-sided. It, quote, it is extraordinarily offensive to women. Producing a few droplets doesn't equate to breastfeeding. But nobody thinks about that anymore. We just jump. Is that the right term? Jump. Anyway, the point is we're just going right past the fact that now we're, the women don't even matter anymore. The women are the ones offending the trans people now. I mean, that's not entirely exactly in some cases. But the reality here is that this is offensive to women. That you're, you're diminishing that special thing that they have in regard to what they can in, engage in with their child. Because it is a very special bond. 
Calling it breastfeeding is already misleading, the doctors say. Ultimately, the child is not being fed, says the expert on lactation, right? Read the article. Their whole point is about making this argument about why they couldn't get the milk because the other mother couldn't, and so they had to do this. Even though, by the way, they planned this long before they ever knew that that person was going to have a problem producing milk because it's all a big lie as usual, but you're not allowed to point it out because then you'd be a bigot. The bottom line is you're not feeding them. You're not nourishing them. You're giving them something chock full of chemicals and weird hormones that is not actually even giving them nutrients. But who cares though, right? Because you're a bigot if you don't go along with it. The ideology that claims men can breastfeed is harmful, says the expert. It has no evidence base and undermines not only the rights of babies to their mother's milk, but also respect for maternity in general. I mean, I just it just blows me away. I don't actually believe that most people would think that, that this is okay. But the problem is that the, the propaganda, the push, the policy, the media, everything is going along with this. Now, whether this is some weird abstract discussion about the baby formula or the food shortage or whatever else, the bottom line is if you can't see the contradiction between why that's okay, but you're not, but you are being forced to do things to your child that are no longer your choice or the fact that the world international bodies are deciding for you or trying to what you're going to be allowed to do or how you're allowed to act. This is just ridiculous. And you should be upset about this. Now, this is another Ukraine point that I threw in at the last second because I wasn't going to get into it today, but this is the same point, guys. Students accused lecturer of sharing Russia war lies. Okay. So the lecturer, now I'm not trying to say anytime somebody's lecturer or a professor, or a student, or, or a teacher, or whatever, means they're right, or noble, or whatever else. But the bottom line is, in the general, the power construct, if you're the teacher, you're the one that's supposed to be teaching the students. And they're, of course, any good teacher allows engagement to speak up and share your thoughts. But at what point did this flip around to where now, whether you're a teacher, a politician, a doctor, a scientist, the people with, that, that are forcing in their virtue signaling opinions are now the ones deciding whether or not you keep your job or forcing it over the top and saying, well, you're, this lecturer came out and said things that CNN said were lies. Therefore, they should lose their job. What about, what about if it's just a lecturer who, I don't know, God forbid, holds a different opinion in the news? Is, apparently, that's not even allowed anymore. Not even apparently. That's what we're staring at. So this student is allowed to stand up and publicly accuse the, the lecturer of saying things that she just doesn't want to hear because she agrees without due diligence that they're fake news. And then BBC makes a huge deal about it. Why? Because they love this. They eat it up. The point is they want this to be the case. So their propaganda is all that matters. Then they know that the next lecturer comes around and goes, well, gee, I can't say that because I'm going to get kicked off the stage and I might lose my job. So what do they do? They toe the line. This is not by accident. Finally, same sort of point. New York Post writes, I have 10 different personalities. All of them have their own names, ages, and opinions. As I said, well, when I was growing up, we just called that insane. And aren't those the same people screaming at us to trust the science? But no, let's just make up our own reality as long as it airs in the side of, not, of being woke. Who cares? But you better trust the science we tell you is science whenever we tell you it is. Otherwise, ignore Right? That you confuse? Well, you should be because it only matters when they tell you. You have to do this. Why? Because we said so. That's all you need to understand. Not, now, if you read the article, of course, this gets into the fact that he does have mental issues and problems. My point, though, is that why are we normalizing this as just some kind of different problem? This is crazy. If that's actually what's going on, this guy's got schizophrenia. This guy's got multiple personality disorder, whatever you want to call it. It's not normal, but we make it out to be just, just another kind of person, another normal situation today. 
And then, of course, the reality of seeing in this exactly what you are supposed to see in it, which is the idea that that's okay, though. You can have your different names and ages and genders and whatever else you want, whenever you want. And that's science, science, trust the science. It's subjective and it's ridiculous. I feel bad for people like this because they're struggling, whether they realize it or not. Now, on a couple of more points on the deception of it all, you might have remembered that we covered the Nassar trial and, and investigation heavily. Now, you may not know now how this has gone forward, which is that ultimately, not only is Nassar continuing to be essentially let off, but that the FBI is being caught for keeping that going. And we wrote about this. And guess what, though? Nothing is happening. I know, crazy, right? It's almost like the FBI is not what you think they are. (laughs) Well, as this person points out, a word to the disinformation experts, if you wonder why conspiracy theorists, in quotes, persist, consider that America is a place where the illusion of justice no longer even exists. Not, that's, that means that justice doesn't exist. On top of that, even the illusion of justice doesn't exist anymore. Even when FBI agents are caught lying about covering up sexual abuse, they still go unpunished. It, it hurts my heart. DOJ declines for the third time charges against F- former FBI agents who botched Nassar case. In a Thursday statement, the department said that the latest decision to decline prosecution of the agents came after multiple reviews and analyses of evidence gathered in the investigation of the former agents and reflects the recommendation of experienced prosecutors. This is incredible, guys, that these people were covering this up. Now, Nassar is to, is being held accountable to, to, I argue this person should, I don't, I don't want to express my emotions here. The person is a disgusting, horrific human being. And this was allowed to continue by the government. So this is not just one person. Yeah, the guy, it's the it's this guy right here. The the gym, the the gym, the what's the term in gymnastics? But the guy was a trainer for like Olympic level gymnasts. Ex USA gymnastics doctor Larry Nasir sentenced to 175 years in prison on sex assault charges. Now this was on February January 24th, 2018. Then we covered how the father of a sexually assaulted daughter was actually restrained in court after charging at the disgraced gymnast doctor. Finally, the point that we're discussing today, over two dozen teen gymnasts were molested by Larry Nassar while the FBI sat on the case. And that's not even hyperbole. It's not exact. That's not this. You read it. It is unbelievably obvious. Now, they couldn't pretend they were trying to get at something bigger. But guys, this is about as big as it gets. This person was a. This had been going going for a long time. This caught up people at heads at the administration level, people, other doctors, other schools, other, I mean, this at the, at the Olympic level, there were people that watched this happen and let it continue. That's not even just the FBI, but the FBI on top of all of that sat on that and let it continue to happen for years, for years. And guess what? Again, nothing is happening. Please think about why that matters with everything else that they're using and doing and faking and allowing to continue. Because they're not fighting for you. The FBI has nothing to do with fighting for your freedom, protecting what you think is safe or sacred, excuse me. That's my opinion, obviously. Now, is there possibly a good people working within that? I Sure, it's possible. I find it really hard to see today with such a, same thing with like the CIA, I highly doubt, or even like taking politics in general. People that actually want to change things usually don't even make it past the capital steps because of that exact point. Now, in regard to a quick point on the gun control discussion before we jump over to another ridiculous story about Putin, you may have seen this. This is Justin Trudeau. We're introducing 
introducing legislation. Well, I'll just I'll just read it to you in general. You can watch the clip. Quote, it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. But I said, but they're not trying to take your guns away, you crazy conspiracy theorists. Now, of course, people are going to say, well, they're not taking them away. Well, it's just, they were the same people that would, would have screamed a week ago that this would never happen. Because you dumb conspiracy theorists. And then once it does, they go, but, but the next thing, just as, as always. The bottom line is, this is crazy to me. This is, this is basically at, at, a, at a limbo state where they're, at least right now, pretending to allow people to have the ones they have, right? But then stopping the import or sale or or transfer of anything that's currently there. Then, of course, you know, a week from now, next shooting that happens, it's going to be, but this one has to go too, or this has to stop, or anybody, this certain kind of ammo. And next thing it's going to be, it's, it's one step at a time. It's the boiling frog. The idea that you can't now buy a handgun in Canada of all places when there's far, now, whether you want to talk about rifles or handguns or anything else, you're talking about a place that has far more, even from their narrative, justifiable reason to have a gun in regard to wilderness and protection. Even though we know very clearly, if you're two brain cells to rub together, that it's not the, the it states it very clearly in the Constitution what that's actually about. But even if you just want to pretend it's only about hunting or protection in the wilderness, there's no better place than places like the Yukon or in Canada. But now they're going, nope, you can't even buy a handgun now. Yeah, make sure you use your billy club when that bear comes at you, you know, because that makes sense. Of course, they're not even talking about rifles yet. I get that. But this is where this is going. It's one step at a time. And there's no justifiable reason to do this. Are you going to pretend like stopping the sale of handguns are going to stop criminals from getting larger guns to use again? It's just dumb. This is about stopping average people from having guns. That's it. That's all it's doing. And this is a really, really important point that I want people to, to think about. You, most of you that are honest with yourselves or have any discernment already think like this. But there's, there's a whole thread here about gun. Oh, oh that's right. This was <clears throat> a thread. I'm not sure if this Joel guy was pointing this out as like a bad thing. I think he was. But there's this whole thread of people that are displaying their gun collections. Normal people. This 15-year-old girl who's in shooting contests, right? But apparently now she's a threat because of this. But why exactly? Is she breaking the law? No. She's doing everything. She's very, she's highly trained in this. The, only, the, the idea that somebody could just use them to go crazy, well, that applies to anybody anywhere. And that's the point, guys, because it is meant to be applied anywhere all the time. So you just have to wait for them to tell you what you should be scared about. But the point is, Normal person who actually understands why these, I mean, I've go off of forever. The point is what they say here in this back and forth. We're dealing with a warped subculture. When you look at this from psychology and on and on, this person simply says, and this is the point. If you're serious, ask yourself this. If we've had guns in this country for centuries, even in schools, but didn't start having this level of gun violence for the last couple of decades, what changed? Your answer to this madness lies there. Guns were never the issue. It's the same thing with the injections was baffling brain disease. Well, gee, what is the obvious thing that has changed since then to now? Not to say that guarantees that's the answer, but why the fact that they're not even considering it and acting like we're so confused, it shows you everything. They're omitting that on purpose. In this case, guys, that's the truth is that schools even, right? Especially on the frontier and different things were places where they had guns because they didn't know what would happen to children. They were protecting the children with guns. That's the point. Okay, so why weren't they just mass shootings all over the place? And I'm not you can go well past the, the wild, even guys, just so you understand, the Wild West analogy is so incredibly dishonest. Not, not that there's even an analogy. My point is the understanding that there's just guns everywhere in the Wild West. That wasn't even the truth, guys. It's very easy. We are overtaken by our Western movies. You can look up the very, very small percentage of people that actually had guns because most people couldn't afford them. But yes, there were people that had guns, but the idea of these shootouts, they weren't, it, it, it's a, rare concept even back then 
the point is they did happen. And yes, there was less law in general, but the point is to pretend that that's, I, I'm, going, I'm getting off the point. I just think it's important to realize how obviously we get manipulated by what they tell us the perceptions are. But going forward, the, why, if this is the case all the way up until, I mean, forever, why only in the last so many decades has this been a problem? Now you could, I don't, I'm not pretending to know, but how about we recognize the things that have gotten really, really intense over that time period, like the incredible rampant lawlessness and the uh, stomping from country to country and the, the war and I mean, everything or the increase of the aggressive propaganda or the lockdowns and controls and the, the medications. And I mean, everything, it's almost exactly correlated with the increase of the aggressive propagandized manipulation and focus on the children. But yeah, none of that matters though, because if you say anything else, you're a bad person. You know this makes sense. Now, I'm not saying it proves it, but you have to consider if they've been there, why don't we ask ourselves what's actually changed? Not the guns. Sure as hell not the guns. And then, by the way, just so you see that this is definitely inching toward you as well in the United States, Biden on specifically nine millimeter ammo. I don't even understand why that would be the case. Second Amendment was never absolute, he says. Biden says that. Right. So the leader of the United States literally contradicts the Constitution. Right. So does that does that mean he's a treasonous traitor? Well, they would have said that a long time ago. Historically speaking, if you're going to stand up and directly contradict the Constitution, you are a traitor to your country. But the point is, whoever wrote that for him clearly does not understand what inalienable or shall not be infringed actually mean because they mean something that is the opposite of never absolute. In fact, it literally means absolute. There is shall not be infringed inalienable rights. Don't go, but except when these things happen, that's ridiculous and they are manipulating you. Biden, people like this do not even have the power to alter the constitution. That's the point. I mean, at this point, in reality speaking, based on things like Marbury versus Madison, Anything that's repugnant to the Constitution is null and void. That's a ruling of the Supreme Court. So the bottom line is, it doesn't matter whether everybody in Congress decides that they're just going to remove the Second Amendment. It still is not valid. These are not rights that were given to you because they were written down on a piece of paper. That's why it means inherent rights, because it was God-given rights. These were things that were there whether or not they wrote that down on a piece of paper. They're so desperate to get you to misunderstand that. So when they come out and go, well, it's never absolute, they're just trying to get you to misunderstand that because they're desperate to get you to think that they can change things that are inherent and shall not be infringed. But yeah, but they're not coming for your guns, you crazy conspiracy theorist. Here's another story that's going to make you laugh out loud. I just can't get past how ridiculous these people are. So we're trusting these people about all this, all the, you know, the corporate media about what's going on in the world. And here's the kind of garbage they pump out. Tyrants fall. Paranoid and sick, Vladimir Putin may already be using body doubles. So the whole story is we don't know, but we'll give you a fun thing to think about. Facts. Journalism. May 29th. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story. I could, and it would make you laugh out loud. But here, just, just a quick brief over. It's now been claimed that Putin could already be using things. The answer there is we don't know. Come back later. But nope, they write an entire 40 paragraph article about something that they don't know about. Why does nobody else laugh at this? Because they love to make it. It's about Putin, Putin, bad guy. Oh my God. And all this stems to what? He had a blank on his legs and his face looks puffy. So maybe he's using steroids and that means he's probably sick and it could be cancer. And therefore he's maybe using body doubles. This is just, this is garbage. This is worse than tabloid garbage. Eagle eyed Russia watchers, whatever that means, spotted Vlad appears 
to be reusing the same actors during television meets and greets. You know why this is insult? This is as stupid as Mr. Oh, what was his name again? Uh, Zach? No, um, blank on the guy's name. That really ridiculous one that tried to say that because we say it, it is evidence. And Matt Lee made him look like a moron because he was apparently. That that's a stupid saying. Or as ridiculous as going, they're going to use crisis actors and false flags. But then when we point out, they go, you're a dumb conspiracy theorist. That's not even real. Okay. Well, when they point out that Biden may have a dotty double, they go, you're so stupid. Ooh, that's not even real. Except over here in, in the other, in Ukraine land, it's looking, he's using body doubles. And anybody who questions that is a Russian shill. It just blows me away how, I mean, these people must by now recognize how ridiculous they are. And just don't care because it's their job. How do you not see that? But it goes on to say Putin's health has long been the source of speculation. Cool. You know what else has been? You know, Trump's walking funny or Biden's weird thing or Obama's funny facial expression. Yeah, we love to speculate about nonsensical stuff and write all these articles about it because propaganda. Don't forget, they already told you, right, that this is what they're doing. We're in an information war. So what's part of that? Well, getting you to think that Putin's sick, to undermine your sick. So this is about whether Russians and different people that support him are worrying that he might not be in control anymore. You're trying to undermine that. It's ridiculous. Not only because it's ridiculous, but because it is completely baseless. Here's again, they've admitted to you that they are lying because information war. NBC News national security correspondent Ken Delaney in live in Washington. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. Talking about that was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to disclose it as a way of deterring. Uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice. We've never seen this level of information warfare before from the U.S. government. Another example was when they announced that Russia had gone to China uh, to ask for help with what with getting some weapons. That hasn't come to pass yet. Yes, and it was one U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. It's just embarrassing. I mean, it really is. They're willing to admit that to you, right? So now we're in a situation where they're doing the same thing. And if you point at it and say, well, they just told us that this could be a lie, you're called a dumb conspiracy theorist. That's the kind of reality where they go, this can cause myocarditis with the shot. And then you go, well, that kid just got myocarditis. Could it have been the shot? What a conspiracy theorist. Like, wait a minute. You just said it could. But when you point that, that it could be the possibility, you're called dumb and conspiracy theorist. See how that works? It's ridiculous. That, that's, again, my point, that at some level, these people are aware of that. They just have decided that it's not possible, even though they just said that it's possible. But Western intelligence suggests, cool. You mean the people that lied about everything we've ever heard of? Yeah, but they suggest this thing we should take seriously. Recent public appearances have sparked further rumors. I mean, it's every every sentence is maybe, possibly, we don't know, but it could be sparked the possible rumors. It suggests that it's it should make you sick. That we, or you in the chat, are called the ones that are deceiving the disinform, disinformers, misinformers. Mal, miss, mal, and dow, up, down, misinformation. But it says face has been bloated, they say. Uh oh, face is bloated. Because there's only one thing that can cause that, must be cancer. Experts believing that he's taking steroids. And that's what, so because they think the face may be bloated, possibly, must be steroids, even though it's a thousand other reasons. And that's because cancer. Or steroids used for other things, too. Nope, nope, only cancer. Only cancer. And an intelligence source said it was very likely. Cool. 
like the WMD's intelligence or like the Iran credible threat intelligence? You know, what level of nonsense are we talking about here? Then it goes forward to say he could be using, oh, the body double could be, we don't know though. And they have suggested it could be impossible to know if Putin was already dead. What does that sentence even mean? So they've suggested that it could be impossible to know if he was already dead. (laughs) <laughs> I don't, it, it, so the, they're trying to say is that he could be dead and we would never know. Okay, so you're basically admitting that we have no idea what we're talking about, but we'll wax intellectual forever because propaganda. It is believed that Putin has done this. There could be a Kremlin coup. Two weeks ago, a Russian oligarch with links to the Kremlin claimed an MI6 agent said Putin's rumored health woes are now causing him to lose grip. The rumored things that we haven't proven are causing him to lose power. Did you prove them though? So we don't even know if they're real, but they're us- he's already losing power because of the thing we haven't proven. Guess what though? Christopher Steele claimed the Kremlin is increasing disarray and chaos. Christopher Steele. I'm not even making that up, guys, for the podcast. Christopher Steele is being quoted here as saying, Russia, bad guy. I wonder why. Isn't that interesting? I mean, this is, this is like going back to uh, uh, Imperial College of London. Hey, Ferguson, are we going to get sick again? Yeah, you're all going to die. Wait, hasn't he been wrong like a 45 times? Who cares? Christopher Steele, what's going on over there? You know, that, that's what's happening. Putin's health has been subject to huge scrutiny in the wake of the war in Ukraine. Well, that's kind of revealing, isn't it? Interesting. So now that the war started, well, now we're just picking apart all the hypothetical things that we don't know. Rumors continued to mount after recent military parade when Putin was seen with a blanket. That's what it says right there. So we get a blanket on his legs. So rumors flew. Rumors abound of what could cause the blanket on his legs. I don't know. It's crazy, right? An oncologist said Putin may be suffering from chemo brain, a cancer-related cognitive impairment brought on by the treatment. Isn't that funny? So they're even undermining their garbage chemo treatment. That's not called chemo brain, guy. That's called chemotherapy. And it's a failure every which way around. Whereas about 2 to 3% success rate, all said and done. And yes, there's different versions of pills and chemicals and all. My point is all said and done, chemotherapy has about a 3% success rate. That's a fact. It's also one of the only categories of drugs that doctors get a direct cut of the profit when they give it to you. I wonder why they keep using it, you know? The point is that chemo kills people. Cancer really doesn't kill people in the context of what we're staring at here. Cancer can, yes. Chemo doesn't always. But the point is when you're talking about people that die with vomiting with their hair falling out, that's chemo. That's not cancer. That's chemo. So much so that that's how we perceive dying of cancer. Isn't that incredible? The point is, they don't know if this is even happening or if he even has cancer, but he may have chemo brain because of something. That we That's the story, guys. I can't get past how ridiculous these people are. Are they hiring people from the local kindergarten? I don't even understand how these people still have jobs. Oh, that's right. I do, because their job is to misinform you about very specific things. Now, one quick point about disinforming, I want to make sure we see again to follow up on. Remember this? We just talked about this discussion. I just wanted you to see this. It didn't go away yet, by the way. As you can see right there, and here's the picture just in case it goes away. I just talked about this story about the people who intentionally deceived you about what the uh, Pfizer CEO said, claiming he said he wanted to reduce the population, which, by the way, I'm not even suggesting they don't. In fact, I'm very suspicious about that discussion, but I tend to think the depopulation angle is not as, doesn't make as much sense to me as some of the others, but it's certainly there. We've seen that discussion many times with eugenics and so on. So I'm not suggesting, like, that's what they want to make this out to be, that I'm covering for the CEO of Pfizer. It's like, you're obviously too dumb to even hear what I'm saying. But the point is that that's not true because he didn't say that. And the and the unedited version of the video, and look, I'll even go ahead and tell you or say, could that be another edited version? Sure, of course it can. But at some point, you're going to stand back and look at the, what's in front of you and realize that all you have is to go on with the, the data points in front of you. 
So what we have is a, a seemingly unedited video with a further date. Yes, YouTube could manipulate that. That shows you that he didn't say what they said he said, which was that reduce the population. In fact, he said he wanted to reduce the people who are too poor to buy the injection. Now, all that being said, my point is just simply showing that all I did was point out, here is the source link. Here's what it actually said. I mean, did, and, and just pointing it to this person. Did you care to look at that? Of course, the, the comment got deleted. And then I went on today to comment this. And I said, and you delete my comment with the link proving this was fake. So you do know you were deceiving people. I will be sure to shout this out on my show. These people are the liars and deceivers. You don't need to lie to show that. And then it says right here, you're blocked from commenting on this channel. Ask yourself why that would be. So just so we're clear, in my opinion, this 99% channel should not be trusted. Because if they're willing to go so far as to block me from commenting because I show something that shows that their 50,000 viewed link that's deceiving people is wrong, that's because they don't care about the truth. It's about a partisan manipulation or about maybe maybe the CIA, for all we know. Who cares? I'm mostly facetiously joking there. I don't believe that. I'm, but I do believe these people don't care about the truth. So they go so far so far as to block me from commenting so you can't see it. It's unbelievable to me. Here's the actual link again, posted on May 25th. Here's what he says. I think today his dream is becoming uh, reality. Oh, go back a second. But cannot afford our medicine. Was by 2023, we will reduce the number of people in the world that cannot afford our medicines by 50%. I, think I mean, that's very clear. And you can see other versions of this in other places with other dates. I mean, it's, it's you know, yes, this could be some grand deception. But to what end, guys? My point is what we all, what we do see is things like this being put out. So people like us jump on this. Here, let me fresh it real quick so you can see this. So that we jump on it, right? And so that we then get cast as the conspiracy theorists that don't do our due diligence. Except that's the opposite of what we are because we always, at least as much as possible, try to do our due diligence. What is going on here? My God. In any case, you are blocked from commenting on this channel. I guess it's taking a minute to load. I think BitChute might just be taking a little bit here. Yeah, looks like BitChute is struggling. Oh, come on. There we go. Got it. Okay. So here's the, sh here's the channel. It's exposed. Pfizer CEO says it's their dream to reduce the population. Okay, so I proved this person that he was wrong. And they delete my comments and leave it up. So their goal is to deceive people or to get lots of clicks and shares for their partisan ideals. Here's what they want you to think it says. I think that uh, is really fulfilling of a dream that we had together with my leadership team when we started in 19. Uh, the first week we met in January of 19 in California and set up the goals for the next five years. And one of them, was by 2023, we will reduce the number of people in the world by 50%. Right. And that's also why it's out of focus, right? Because when you put it a little bit out of focus, it's much easier to hide the cuts. Okay. So somebody's lying to you. And as, I, as I've heard from many people, this was broadly shared by Infowars. Not surprised at all. <clears throat> people that do their due diligence care about the facts. Not just about how much they can get you to click and share and buy special teas and, and things for your... your <laughs> you know, your, your reproductive system. But the point is guys, this is happening everywhere. And it's important that we do our due diligence. Yeah, I agree. It's mostly clickbait. And the same thing with the tap newswire page that shared this without checking it, whether they're faking it or they're not doing their, do, do their due diligence. These people are not informing you guys. You need to be careful 
about, I mean, this is why if you want to keep looking at them, look at them, but make sure you look at other channels too, not just mine, but plenty of other people out there. Continue to look at them and compare the information. And if you get a video like this, or a, like a TAPS Newswire page where it just shows the embed of the bit shoot, don't just share it without finding out if it's accurate. Because it's a lot of times, even from people that think they're doing the right thing, you guys have seen me make mistakes before where I use something as kind of a tangential point and I realize, ah, oh, shoot, that was, that meme was fake, whatever. And I always come back and correct it. So people make mistakes. But as you can see, the ones that choose to not cover, not to do what they should with those mistakes, that's all you need to see. Now, a quick point in, in regard to Iran that I need to make again. This is really important because it's frustrating that how these stories get so, we're so focused on Ukraine and COVID and the discussion of Iran has really fallen by, fallen in the back. And now it's kind of bubbling back up again with the, with the C, I, I haven't, I was going to talk about the tankers that were seized a while ago, but it was so buried between underneath everything else. My point would have really only been, look at how little they're giving this attention when moments ago, when before COVID in Ukraine, it was the world's going to end our democracies at risk because they, you know, now it's meaningless, which just shows you that it's only about how they want you to look at it. Right. Or when you, when North Korea suddenly starts doing something, it matters only when they want to focus on it. Meanwhile, they're firing rockets. And nobody even mentions it in the news. It's just, it's just so subjective and completely selective is the right word for it. <clears throat> now, as you may have heard, Iran has seized tankers, or so we're being told. And we, weirdly, it was not getting a lot of coverage, but what you don't get to hear about <clears throat> is how this is being abused as well, specifically by groups like, like Israel. That they're sort of intentionally poking their fingers into the situation to stop this from happening. Biden keeps saying that they're going to get back to the JCPOA, which, by the way, I'll show you here. The only reason this is even happening is because the U.S. violated the deal. So every action Iran's taken since has been allowed within the deal. I'll prove it to you next because somebody else tried to comment against that. But as Caitlin points out, if you've been reading the news, Blinken's, the news Blinken's tweet makes no sense until you remember the U.S. government believes it owns the entire planet and is allowed to do things Iran isn't allowed to do. The point is, you may have seen or the U.S. seizes Iranian oil cargo near Greek islands. <clears throat> so the U.S. seizes Iranian stuff. Well, because we've got sanctions, right? But that doesn't matter because unilateral sanctions are illegal. The point is the U.S. does what it wants and says, we get to do this because we're in charge or we're fighting for freedom or whatever else. Then Iran, either before, the point is Iran can seize tankers and it's the biggest threat to democracy of all time. And here's what, who should, what she's referencing. This is on May 30th. So her point is on the 27th, they seize, con, they seize Iranian stuff. On the 30th, Blinken stands up and says, the United States calls on Iran to immediately release the two Greek vessels, along with their cargoes and their crews. Iranian and Revolutionary Guard threats to regional and global security are unacceptable. U.S. sells off Iranian crude oil seized off the coast of AU. So now they're not only seizing, but they're selling the stuff they get from them before there's a process even done. These are pirates, guys. These are mafiosos. That's what they're, they're just robbing. This is piracy. This is, they're just stealing from people under the guise they're doing what's right. But again, her point is the most important thing. It doesn't matter just because you feel you're in the right or you're doing the good thing or fighting for freedom. You just did exactly before they even did it what you said they're not allowed to do. Not because they're not allowed to do it, but because the very action is problematic and fights against freedom. So then why wouldn't it be just as problematic when you did it? Because it doesn't apply to you. It only applies to the people you want people to look at. So too does the discussion of the entire deal. It's just painful how hypocritical this all is.
And here's what I said. As Disclose TV points out, Iran has amassed almost four metric tons of enriched uranium, more than 18 times over the limit agreed in the 2015 deal, according to the IAEA. Now, note, they're not saying they violated anything because they didn't. Now, that may be confusing to some people that haven't watched this story, but I'll make this clear. So I said exactly like they said they would and exactly as the deal outlines they can, things that most Americans don't know, if and when the deal was to be violated, and it was by the U.S. Pretty simple. It's an illusion, just like Ukraine in the context of how they drove it into reality and then blamed him for taking action. Okay, so this Nico guy steps in and says, no, they didn't say that. Which, okay, well, he's saying, I get, I get what he's saying. So I said they said they would, and I'm talking about <clears throat> Iran made it clear that this they would abide by the deal and take the action allowed within certain articles if the U.S. did what they did, which was one, pull out of the deal, which was violate the deal, and two, initiate sanctions. And both the EU and the U.S. did multiple times. Both of those things allow what you're seeing now, and I'll prove it to you. But it says they didn't say that, and they did. The deal didn't say that also, the deal. I don't know what he, that's, I guess, just a typo, but yes, it did, and I'll prove it to you. Didn't say that they can militarily take over EU ships. Now, I didn't say anything about that. See, this is just that goalpost moving you always see in these kind of conversations. Now, by the way, the EU ships being taken. Now, if you want to make this argument, well, do you care when the U.S. does it in reverse? Well, apparently not. So that's a hypocrite. But the point I said was, well, I shall have to do a segment on this, which you're going to see next, for the 15th time, using your tweet as a starting point. It's very easy to prove. It's right in the JCPOA, which I doubt you've read. And of course, he didn't respond to that. Probably obvious why. <clears throat> oh, um, oh, that's why it's out of order. Sorry, my, <laughs> I'm all over the place these days, guys. On a quick side note in regard to everything going on in my life, I'm having a pretty hard time with it, to be quite honest. And it is definitely bleeding over, and I'm doing my best to keep this focus. But, you know, when I'm here with you guys, I tend to be doing the best. It's important, because this is important, and you're important. Now, here is the JCPOA, the original deal. And it's important to understand that these articles have always been the, the, this is what Iran openly points to and the U.S. media just ignores and pretends like it's not there because they're disgusting hypocrites and liars, in fact, when they don't give you the context. Now, here's what 25 says. There's article, or excuse me, 26 and, 20 and 36 are the two important ones. But there's more than just these two. But in the interest of time, since we're already over an hour and I don't even feel like I've gotten past the intro, it's important to see these just these two. Now, here's what 26 says. The European Union will refrain from reintroducing or reimposing the sanctions that it has terminated implementing under this JCPOA. Now, that came back, so that's one thing. Without prejudice to the, to the dispute resolution process provided for under this J Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which it stands for. There will be no new nuclear-related UN Security Council sanctions and no new EU nuclear-related sanctions or restrictive measures. The United States will make best efforts in good faith to sustain the JCPOA and to prevent interference with the realization of the full benefit by Iran of the sanctions lifting specified in Annex 2. Now, that's not the main point, because this is I hate language like this, and the U.S. made this the case. The rest of it's pretty clear when they say, make best efforts in good faith, which they didn't do. From day one, they undermined this and acted like the deal wasn't good. When Trump came in especially, which, by the way, shouldn't matter at that point in regard to the fact that you honor deals that are made, not just jump in and go, bad guy, Republican Democrat, so fake deal. That was a point. There's a reason he was put in that position, guys. The bottom line was good faith was not kept because they violated the deal, not because anything was being broken. They lied about that. The Israel and the U.S. tried to pretend like they were violating the deal. And then when it came out very clearly, they never were. Even within the narrative, up until they pulled out, 
They just started acting like, well, they're making nuclear bombs. Still wasn't true. We know that's not true. So they And they pulled out under the guise of that, uh, that lie. So that wasn't good faith. But that's when they started saying, well, now they're breaking the deal. Well, you were saying they were doing that before you pulled out. They weren't. You lied about it. And then the point was they weren't violating the deal afterward. Violating is the right word to use there because they were allowed to do so. And let me show you. The U.S. administration, <clears throat> acting consistent with the respective rules of the president and the Congress, will refrain from reintroducing or reimposing the sanctions specified. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. <clears throat> specified uh, in Annex 2. Uh, now it says that it is... That, uh, that it has ceased applying under this G- under this JCPOA without prejudice to the dispute resolution process. <clears throat> the U.S. administration, acting consistent with the respective roles of the president and the Congress, were refrained from imposing new nuclear-related sanctions, none of which they did. Iran has stated that it will treat such a reintroduction or reimposition of the sanctions specified in Annex 2 or such an imposition of nuclear-treated sanctions as grounds to cease performing its commitments. That's the first important part under the JCPOA. Now, people are going to argue, well, they don't suggest they don't get to choose. The, the U.S. didn't. That, that's what you can get the argument. But the next article makes it very clear. So the point is, if they do feel if the U.S. violated these things, whether reintroduction, reintroduction of sanctions or violating the agreement, they have the ground the, on there within their rights of this agreement to to to. Cease performing their commitments, which one of which would be adhering to the number of the amount of uranium. And by the way, don't forget, even going back to this original tweet, that we're talking about enriched uranium, and the point is that you need, and at a percentage, that's that's why that's left out, I'm sure, at a percentage that is dramatically lower than what is needed to make a weapon. You need upwards of, I think it was 90%, I forget what the number was, I don't want to misquote it, but they're dramatically lower than that. And the point was, even then, you would need that certain percentage, and then a lot of that to be able to even begin making a weapon. They're so far away from that, and that's the point, because they're not trying to make a weapon. You could argue they're lying about it. But the evidence they keep putting forward from Israel is roundly shown to be ridiculous and false by the IAEA. And the point is that it's actually against their religious standing to even do so. And that's his, history has continued to prove that, as Robert has made very clear. And just because Israel says, not true, where's the evidence, guys? Their evidence is continually shown to be falsified. The point is that they have never done this. And ceasing their commitments is just increasing that level of uranium that's not even at the right state to be made into a weapon. The point is, this is just about continuing to breach it in a in within the deal, not violate it. But going to 36, sorry if I keep mixing up the words I mean to use in regard to violate and so on, because there are very big differences. But here's the most important part, dispute resolution mechanism. That's what they're always pointing at. If Iran believes, and this is the first part, so, so it's up to them to decide, first of all, that any or all of the, e, the EU plus three, the groups originally involved in the deal, were not meeting their commitments under the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, Iran could refer the issue to the Joint Commission for Resolution. First, similarly, if any of the groups are believed that Iran, that Iran was not meeting its commitments, they could do the same. Now, this is important for one reason. They didn't do this. Trump and everybody else stomps their feet and says, they're violating the deal then why didn't you push this through the, the actual process? Now, it says the Joint Comprehend Commission would have 15 days to resolve the issue unless the time period was ex- is extended by the consensus. Now, after the Joint Commission consideration, any participant could refer the issue to the Ministers of Foreign Affairs. There's multiple steps here. If it believed the compliance issue had not been resolved, ministers would have 15 days to then resolve the issue. Now, unless time period was extended by the consensus. Now, after that, in parallel with or in lieu of the review, 
at the ministerial level, either the complaining participant or the participant whose performance is in question. So the U.S. or Iran could request that the issue be considered by an advisory board. So there's three different levels here, which would consist of three members, one of each appointed participants in the dispute and a third independent. The advisory board should provide a non-binding opinion on the compliance within 15 days if after this process it's not resolved, which is where they ended up. The Joint Commission would consider the opinion of the advisory board for no more than five days in order to resolve the issue. Now, if then, which is where we ended up, the issue still has not been resolved to the satisfaction of the complaining party, which in this case is Iran. Okay, so that's where they went, regardless of your opinion on it. That's what happened. And if the complaining party deems the issue to constitute significant non-performance, which it obviously was, then that participant could treat the unresolved issue as grounds to cease performing its commitments in whole or in part or notify the UN Security Council that it believes the issue constitutes significant non-performance, all of which they did. And every step of the way, Iran is going, we're going to do this. We're now going to increase it even more. We're now going to increase it even more publicly. But of course, the media in the West doesn't want you to see that because they want it to seem like some secret process. It's not. It's very insulting to your intelligence. The bottom line is the U.S. pulling out of the deal is an obvious blatant violation of this deal. Reinitiating sanctions is listed like three different times is an obvious violation of the deal. Okay. Breaching the deal within the deal when allowed to is not a violation. This is the very clear point. And everybody is desperate to get you to think they're breaking the rules and making bombs. It's not what nuclear bombs. It's not happening. Now, you can disagree that they're good guys, bad guys, whatever the binary nonsensical points they want you to play in, the two-party illusion. The bottom line is the way this went down verifiably is not a violation of the deal. Iran has never stopped being in compliance with this deal. The U.S. and the EU have violated it, which is why this is allowed. Now, they continue to, on top of all of that say, which you probably also haven't heard if you don't want to listen to the, or if you only listen to corporate media, is that they'll roll this back if and when they go back to the deal. Now, that's fluctuated more than once, sort of where they would be like, well, never mind. We're not going back no matter what, because the U.S., where, you know, that, which they have a right to say because of how ridiculous they're being. But now we're at the same point where they're kind of in the deal, but being forced out of it. And then Israel bombs around locations in Iraq and the U.S. pulls back. And it's, it's obvious what's happening. So just realize, and this is, I wanted to say this again because it's important as this boil, bubbles back up again. And all the bots out there coming out, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This guy just doesn't know. Or he's lying to you. Because it very clearly, as I said, which I doubt you've even read, because it says it very clearly. So this will exp this will continue to increase when they want this to become more of a problem internationally, which this, shockingly enough, and not really completely expected in my opinion, is also happening. This is today. Ch 30 Chinese warplanes entered Taiwan's Southwest Air Defense Identification Zone. So it's not even really, it, it's just basically airplanes flew by the area. But yet they, they're desperate to keep you thinking, oh, look, China's building up their war footing, which is certainly possible. But everything I get from people that are saying that's happening is completely unverifiable from partisan sites. So I don't know why we buy it at face value. I don't know why China wasn't always at a war footing with what's going on. Same with the U.S. government, none of which anybody should be OK with. The point is, though. It's insulting to pretend like this is why. So it's unacceptable for China to continue to maintain that it has control over Taiwan. You can, I'm not even saying you can have your own opinion about that, but it's very inconsistent with many different examples of what the U.S. says they want to support. As I said, consider what the U.S. government would do if right now China suddenly started saying that Hawaii or Puerto Rico or any of the other occupied territories of the U.S., by the way, were no longer U.S. territory because they want to declare independence. 
right? So isn't that interesting? Well, and, and by the way, to contrast that, I guess declaring independence doesn't apply to those in the Donbass region, though, right? Because that's what they did. They're not saying we want to join Russia, that we're fighting Ukraine. They're saying we just want to declare our own independence. There's no case at which that's not acknowledged by the U.S. except when they don't like the political direction, which makes them utter hypocrites. So Donbass isn't allowed to be free because we don't like what they're going at, but Taiwan is free because they, we don't like the, the China situation. But over here, Hawaii and Puerto Rico is ours no matter what, and we won't let that go. And by the way, don't forget that places like Hawaii and Puerto Rico, and I lived in Hawaii for multiple years, most people there do not even believe themselves as U.S. They're Hawaiians. They very strongly believe that they're an occupied territory, illegally so, by the way, which, by the way, that's what happened. This was colonization. But this is going to continue. They want you to go look at that and look at Taiwan, and it matters. And here, here, here's my point, by the way. If Taiwan wants to declare its independence, I support that, as I do with anybody, because they have a right to declare their independence. But the point is, if you're going to make an argument about why that's wrong, you can't then pretend that Donbass can't. It's as simple as that. Now, moving forward to COVID-19, which we're at only hour and 17. That's not bad. I think we could probably make this reasonably not too long today. But let's just start off with the ridiculous reality of where this continues to go. And I make this point about the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca vaccine. It was right around that time when Whitney and I were both kicked off Patreon for discussing these kind of things around Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, around whether or not these injections were causing problems. And again, it wasn't because we said those things. As I said, you're allowed to talk about those things. You just can't prove it. Which is what they said, you just can't spread. You can talk about it, you just can't spread misinformation. Ah, okay. So I can all day long be like, it's hurting people, and it's not working, and it's causing this, and they'll allow that. But the moment that I point to peer-reviewed science that says that, oh, you can't spread misinformation. See how clear that is? Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. I miss Hawaii. That's some really beautiful experiences there. But as it says here, AstraZeneca may increase the risk of serious neurological condition. Okay, here's what's funny, by the way, in a sad way. Baffling brain diseases in the UK. Still, though, they're still baffled. They're baffled. Meanwhile, here's the Telegraph saying, look at what this can cause. Exactly what you're baffled about. Nobody puts that together. These are investigators and scientists, and they're baffled. <laughs> They're either choosing to ignore this because they know their job is in the line if they say the wrong thing, or they're not very smart. It's right in front of you. My point, though, is that this was fake news. You're not allowed to point at it, even suggest this until now it's literally happening. So how about we realize that the conspiracy theorists, the fake news, distant from what may, blah, 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 they're the ones that could have been saving people from this. They were out there going, maybe you should consider that this might be dangerous. Fake news! And they allowed it to happen. So the news that were shouting us down were the people that allowed this to happen. They're hurting people. You can't see that more obviously. And it's far more than just neurological conditions. This is myocarditis and Bell's palsy and blood clots and heart attacks. And they're gaslighting people, saying you're a dangerous conspiracy theorist as they allow that to continue to happen. Same thing. Scientists believe the Jab's Trojan horse delivery system could be causing a rise in Guillain-Barre syndrome. Gee, who said that before? Anybody honest with themselves. Now, also recognize that they're weirdly focusing on AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson because I believe they're desperate to hide the mRNA injections, which they need for the future of their platforms. They need that to be viable. They've said this themselves. The miracle of mRNA as these things get cast aside. It's pretty obvious to me. But it's not just this one thing, guys. Here's an actually really interesting video from Israel 
This was posted September 23rd, 2021. I've actually pointed to this before, but I'm glad somebody put it back in front of me because I want to play a bit of this. This is called the Testimonies Project. This is crazy. Now, I'm going to play just the intro here real quick, and I want you guys to, I mean, think about, of all places, Israel, right? The Pfizer's lab, the world's lab, as they called it. And yet these are people speaking out about what they what's happening to them in Israel. You're not going to hear this on the corporate media anywhere. Ask yourself why that is or how that's even possible. כאילו פתאום ביום בהיר אחד הייתי מאושפז שבוע ופתאום אתה בהגדרה של חולה לב וזה כאילו, אני בן 27, עבדתי כל החיים וכאילו, איך עכשיו זה קרה לי? ממש אסון, אסון בינלאומי, שוכני ניסיונות אנחנו. פשוט ככה. עברתי הפלה, כל הקירות היו דם, כל המדרגות דם. אין לי שום מחלות רקע, ופתאום שני אירועים מופיעים באמצע החיים. אני כבר באמת מחכה לשלישי שכבר יחסל את הכל. היום אני באמת לא רוצה פשוט מה. אני רוצה לחזור לגישאי, ואני יודעת שזה לא יקרה. שלום. So for those in the podcast, it was just a testimony of a bunch of really sad families and parents talking about, you know, their children vomiting blood and, and having multiple strokes, and it's just, it's just horrific. It's absolutely horrific. We, and this is the crazy part about it, is that we, as we just showed you the CDC pointing at Bayer's data to make their argument about myocarditis. And yet when we point at the hundreds of thousands of reports coming from Bayer's, it's all unsure and dismissed and unverified. It's just criminal. It's criminal. And I think we all see that. It's time for everybody to have the courage to stand up and make that clear. It's gross what's happening, guys. They're hurting people. They know they're hurting people. And yet all we're seeing is this massive cover-up. Here's Wall Street Journal. Why we're all forgetting things now. <laughs> Gee. Some, just, they go into some ridiculous argument about some abstract thing that can't be proven except what's the one thing that we do know has changed? You know, why, why we're baffled about the brain problems. What can these injections cause? Now, I'm not saying I know for sure. I'm never do, and, and for, unless I am, I will never say that. My point, though, is that you, what you won't find in this discussion is whether or not a genetic manipulated experimental injection is having any effect on your brain problems, you know, as it may have problems on swelling of the brain, which we'll get into next, or any number of other cognitive issues or, or brain fog, or all these different things that we know it's leading to. But yet, nope, nope, fake news. We don't know anything about that. But, you know, it's probably just because you're all stressed out. Or because, I mean, it's, it's just, it's obscene how out of their way they're trying to go to cover up what is obviously at least possible. I believe, as we, as we know, is happening. My point, though, is that we don't know to what degree. Some of them may not be. But when you watch how they go out of their way to not even point at the obvious elephant in the room, <laughs> it just becomes impossible to miss. Here's another example. Vanessa Bealey shared this. The Vax adverse reaction cover-up is getting ridiculous. Here's the link to the article. I agree with this. Here's the title. Entirely new kind of highly reactive chemical is found in Earth's atmosphere, and it could be triggering respiratory heart and heart diseases and contributing to global warming. <laughs> really? I mean, I just I laughed out loud. I said, geez, it's a tri cover-up trifecta. Just jamming climate change, too, for good, good measure, because why not? 
the point is, first of all, that this is, you read the article, it's a chemical that's been there for a long time. Long, long, long before this ever started. Hundreds of years. The point is, so then why would it suddenly start for COVID then? Right? Weird. It's, it's the reason we suddenly started having these problems, except it's been there forever. Who cares about the facts and the logical consistency of it? Just yell in the thing that covers up the COVID jams, right? But so it's causing the respiratory things that were, were, I mean, it could at the very least, or it could cause the things that the jabs are causing, or it could lead to global warming. (laughs) It's just pathetic. It is actually painful to watch them try to make sense of all this. But you're going to see this continue anywhere else they can point. Here's an interesting sidestep, though, to think about talking about encephalitis and the swelling of the brain, or just really any other thing that could be an injection problem that they're assuming is something else. But there's two ways to look at this, as I said in the beginning. Mosquitoes test positive for rare but potentially deadly virus in Georgia. Health officials say two mosquito pools in South Georgia have tested positive for eastern equine equine, equine encephalitis, swelling of the brain. So. The question then becomes, is this, you know, the chicken or the egg kind of a thing, right? Is this being caused by them or is this being given to them or is this being caught? Is it a cover up of what's happening? Well, there's multiple ways you could look at this. Encephalitis, again, just so we're clear, is inflammation of the brain, which we already know for sure can be caused by these injections. Just so we're clear, just to rattle off a couple of the very quickly accessible peer-reviewed studies that literally say this can happen. COVID-19 vaccine-induced encephalitis. Autoimmune encephalitis as an adverse event of COVID-19 vaccination, acute encephalitis, and sweet syndrome after specifically Moderna. I mean, just it, there's so many out there. It's painful that they try to pretend like this is unknown. We don't know what could be causing this very clear thing that we peer-reviewed scientists said can happen. So that's the first thing to think about. Is this simply another way to cover up what is being done to people because of these injections that are all over the country, all over the world? Certainly possible. But then there's the other way to look at this. Let's just say that's not what's happening. Because as always, guys, we're honest enough to tell you that we don't know. Again, think about that fun point. When's the last time you heard any politician pretty much ever say, I don't know? When's the last time you heard any media personality say, I don't know? When's the last time you heard any of these quasi-independents say, I don't know? Think about what that means. But we don't know what is actually leading to this, or if this is even just a completely made-up story. We should always ask ourselves those questions. But the reality being that it seems an interesting potential connection to what we know the injections can cause. But on top of that, don't forget the other part of the story. That 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes were released in Florida. Multiple times, by the way. That's a, This is from 2020, but it's happened multiple times. These are genetically engineered GMO mosquitoes. You know, because we know how well the GMO food thing worked out, right? It destroyed their food. Scar- it made them more food scarce. They don't like to talk about that. It's the truth, though. Involving Big Gates and everybody else, too. Well, here we are. Let him do it to your bodies and to mosquitoes that, that inject your bodies in their own way. And don't forget, by the way, on top of that, the crazy conspiracy theory discussion, even though it's discussed in peer-reviewed articles, of how mosquitoes could be used as vaccinators. Like, I mean, look, I, I, I didn't even have a plan to talk about this. I should have, actually, but... Vaccines. Look at that. I mean, it's the first thing that pops up. It's just what's funny to me is that this is, there's a lot of discussions about this. But if you didn't point at this, they would call you a conspiracy theorist. But they have been studying this. This is 2010. Researchers turn mosquitoes into flying vaccinators. Look at that. 
So there's so many ways to look at this, right? If you just want to pretend like it's all fake news because you don't want to acknowledge that it's possible, despite them literally studying how they could do that, and then ask yourself how many times they've done things to the population without their knowledge because they thought it was the right thing or they said that was what they did it for, but not today because conspiracy theory, people are just children about this. I'm not saying I know for sure, but I'm certainly obvious it's possible. It's right there. So my point then is, if we're watching them release all these mosquitoes, knowing how up in the air the wild west of genetics this really is, is it not possible that they caused this? That their genetically released mosquitoes are what literally then hurt people in Georgia? Of course it's possible. On top of that, could it be that it's a mix of that with what else is going on in the population? That they're injections and everything else? Of course. There's any number of possibilities, but the one thing they'll, they go out of their way to ignore is the most obvious possibility. What, or, what, either or, whether this is literally being caused be, or cover up the injections or that they did it with their release. Here's April 2022. Biotech firm announces results from first U.S. trial of genetically modified mosquitoes. So this is in the real world already happening. You should know this by now. Here's the Smithsonian 2022, why U.S. company plans to release another 2.4 billion genetically modified mosquitoes. More of them. This was March 30th. Then on top of that, U.S. post to release 2.4 billion, that's a B, billion genetically modified male mosquitoes to battle deadly diseases. So now we're not just talking about, I mean, it's obvious where this seems to go. And of course, this one's California, but we're talking about all around the country. And just for good measure, make sure you recognize where Georgia is in regard to where they're releasing these, right above Florida. But no, but we're baffled, right, guys? We're baffled about what could possibly be happening here. No possible understanding. We're baffled. It's also very interesting in the close proximity to the other labs we're talking about, but that's more of an abstract point in regard to Fort Dietrich and so on. But the real question before we go to the next point, guys, is just simply asking yourself why they're allowed to act like we don't have this connection. like pretending like it couldn't be possible that this is a byproduct of them experimenting on you. They know what's happening. Like, not I don't mean in the case of exactly, but they know that that's a cover-up to in, in the sense of not acknowledging that possible discussion point. From the average local media level, they must know that. Or maybe they don't. I don't know, but you can see it. It's very clear that these are simply possible. Then ask yourself why... This is such an obviously omitted topic in a general sense, just pharmaceuticals or injections or experimentation or a broad sense and how it affects our environment. And they just don't seem to care as much as they're the very people screening about how we got to protect the environment, which we should, we do, but not the way that they're framing it. But guess this, this is from February 2nd, this year, pharmaceutical contaminants discovered in South Florida bonefish, also Florida, not just bonefish, by the way, three-year study by FIU and Bonefish and Tarpon Trust has discovered pharmaceutical contaminants in the blood and other tissues of bonefish in the Biscayne Bay in Florida Keys. <clears throat> Since the study began in 2018, FIU scientists and BTT Research Associates in partnership with Sweden's Umo University and the University of Agricultural Sciences have sampled 93 fish in South Florida, finding an average of seven pharmaceuticals per fish and a whopping 17 pharmaceuticals in one fish. Now understand, we're talking about small amounts, but we're talking about pharmaceutical drugs, antidepressants, antipsychotics. This has an effect on your body, and it sure as hell affects the fish and the environment. Weird that we don't care about this today. It says, it, the, it, this includes blood pressure medication, antidepressants, prostate treatment medication, antibiotics, pain relievers, 
Researchers also found pharmaceuticals in bonefish prey, crabs, shrimp, and fish, suggesting that many of Florida's valuable fisheries are exposed, and not only the bonefish fishery. So now this is absolutely translating into the human people that eat these things and the environments around them and their waste. It says these findings are truly amazing, alarming, excuse me. Pharmaceuticals are an invisible threat, unlike algae blooms or uh, turbid waters. By the way, algae blooms are also something that humans cause that we now pretend are environmentally normal. They're not. It's usually waste and byproducts from companies that cause these blooms. And we just go, oh, it's been a natural organic thing. No, it's not. We're doing this. They, they, They can happen organically, but it's almost always an indication of something that's out of balance. They just love to not inform you about these things. It's natural. Approximately 5 billion prescriptions are filled each year in the United States, which is disgusting the way that we're unlike any other country in the world. Yet there are no environmental regulations for the disposal of those pharmaceuticals worldwide. Now we're just talking about the pills themselves, but also to consider the waste. What comes out of your body, especially the highly medicated children and adults in this country. Pharmaceutical contaminants originate most often from human wastewater and are not sufficiently removed by conventional water treatments. That's the part that stood out to me. We'll come back to that. They remain active at low doses. Active. They remain active at low doses in your water. Can be released constantly, and exposure can affect all aspects of fish behavior with negative consequences for their reproduction and survival. Or, you know, the humans drinking the water that has it too. Funny how that part just gets skipped over. Pharmaceutical pharmaceutical contaminants have been shown to affect all aspects of the life of fish, including their feeding activity, social ability, migratory behavior. Okay, so if they're telling you right now that that's guaranteed, that it's it's admitting it to you right there. Human wastewater is not sufficiently removed or removing these treat these into contaminants. So that means going take a step back that you right now in the water you're drinking potentially have active but small traces of antidepressants, antibiotics, pain relievers, antipsychotics. Who knows what else, guys? Now, on top of that, consider whether they put those things in the water and then go, oh, no, those are just naturally occurring. Naturally occurring because of what, right. Are we going to pretend that they couldn't do more to get that out of there? Well, not that I want that necessarily because of how their treatments themselves are dangerous, but the reality comes down to the fact that this is something that is damaging or dangerous for you. This is why you need reverse osmosis, which who knows if that even takes it out, but you need real, real filtering, not the filtered garbage stuff that they pretend they filter, but the actual filtered water, reverse osmosis. But if if they're telling you these things can affect fish, they're feeding their reproductivity, this is in the water you're drinking every day. And there's not even anybody tracking this stuff. That's what they're saying. They're not even paying attention to this. I just, it's, this is, we, we're in a really bad way. And until we, unless we get a hold of these rains that is, that are just, we're just runaway carriage on the way to the Great Reset right now, well, they just literally don't care what else is happening. It, it, this is not going to stop. Your children are going to be affected. Your pets are going to be affected. Your family. Not just as one point, but the entire discussion. But this is just an obvious reality that we're hurting things. These are the same people that are going, oh, we're going to hurt we're, we're climate change and the environment. Like, why don't we care about the masks and the gloves and the pharmaceuticals and everything else you're doing right this moment that's dramatically affecting your environment? But no, we're going to talk about the politicized version of what we want to use that drives the Great Reset. Now, on the point of the injections themselves, again, going back to the point that we started at, you know, the reality of what I think they're using some of this stuff to cover up. 
<clears throat> Interestingly enough, of all people, Brazilian President Bolsonaro is claiming to listen to his people and saying he's refusing, he's refusing to force the jab in any setting and not signing the pandemic treaty to the collective cheer of his people. But, but I do not necessarily believe that was what will happen. This guy's kind of historically shown himself to say what will get him popular support, but we'll wait and see. I would argue there's plenty of people out there that if are aware of what's going on, would not let, let it happen. That's not to suggest that they're good people or honest or moral or even, you know, like talking about good, bad leaders. I, I don't think any of these governments are to be trusted. It could just simply be that this person believes doing this is politically advantageous for him. And it clearly is. But the point is, not everybody seems to be in the exact same step right now. Now, here's Buck Sexton pointing out. And just the absurd contradictory contradiction of everything we know, of what this can cause. The fact that right now, by and large, the most people, and don't forget that this was proven by both Scotland, Canada, and UK, or all three data that they then hid from you over the last so many months, that the absolute, I mean, four times the, the majority, the vast majority of people actually getting sick and spreading the whatever we're telling you is happening were people that were injected. And it's why we keep seeing the same people, the leaders with their masks and 14 injections, all continue to get sick. It's continuing this problem. And that leads into the Paxlova discussion, which weirdly enough, guess what? Also leads into what they're calling a rebound. You're going to get sick again. So it doesn't work? No, no, it works. Keep using it, but it gets you sick again for a third time. Great. So the point is, guys, is the people that are actually spreading this and are actually continually getting sick over and over and over are the people that continue to take these injections. And yet... Even if you disagree with that, you must acknowledge by the data from the UK and elsewhere that they are spreading it more. That's what their data shows you. If you're ignoring that, then you're completely lost at this point because you're just not even looking at the data that they're giving you, which means that who are you trusting exactly? Trusting the science means something. We're wrong. They're wrong. We're all wrong. I trust what my mind tells me is the reality. I, yeah, that's what they're doing. But knowing that they are spreading it at least as much, but obviously the data shows you exponentially more. Why does this make sense? Biden's CDC right now still requires proof of a negative COVID test for citizens to re-enter their own country by air. Meanwhile, oh, the next one's the point that really relates to what I was saying, but this is also important. Meanwhile, 8,000 uh, refugees a day pour across the southern border on foot, in case you were wondering if the people in charge of their government are spiteful morons. Again, I, I just, the, the, I, the fact that this person would argue that this, it doesn't even matter, this gets into you know, having a huge, <laughs> the idea that we call people illegals or so on, people take this as partisan talking points, but these are human beings. And if we're going to pretend like what's happening across the border has nothing to do with the aggressive and destructive U.S. policy, then you're a, ch you're a child, absolute child. I'm not saying it to him. I'm saying anybody who would do that is ridiculous because it's obvious that they have destroyed these people's lives and they're going somewhere else. But the, on top of that, there's other people that might just want to come across that aren't necessarily illegal or so on. So it's, it's just very partisan to make that sort of an argument. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter what you're naming it, 8,000 people or whatever. It could be 10 people coming across the border and not having to do the same things. Why does that make sense to anybody? Especially when you're talking about refugees that are in a position that they're obviously far more problematic in regard to sanitation and so on. But yeah, just come on in because we virtue we care more about our virtue signaling than either. There's only one or two ways to look at it. Either they care more about the, the virtue signaling politics than actually keeping you safe, or they know that you're not actually in danger 
which is what I think it is. And so that's more about keeping you as an American in lockstep of the control structure and allowing them to come in because they're going to do I mean, it's, it's obvious that either way, it does not add up to you're in danger. Trust the science. It's incredible, guys. You are, this is what I keep telling you. As Whitney said, your body's the new battlefield or going back from the security state. It's always been focused on you. Everything is focused on you as they claim it's fighting for you. Now, here's another one. Cruise lines won't let the unvaccinated passengers on the ship, even though quadruple injected politicians are getting sick over and over with the same illness that the shot is supposed to protect them from. Every cowardly person who complies is actually perpetuating this evil. Now, I mean, it's hard to say it that absolute. Because there's plenty, I, I would obviously argue that you shouldn't comply in any way, but some people find themselves in positions where they're, you know, their child, their family, and so on. I'm not going to try to judge people that, that acquiesce in places where they feel they have to. I, I argue that you should do your best to stand up to these things. I really do. But at the end of the day, people need to make their own choices. And to argue that they can't do that, again, is counterintuitive that we're saying, guys. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. Go ahead. It's your choice. Any, all these people that are trying to argue that by saying that we're, you know, put, progressing the problem, you are the same problem in reverse. If you're suddenly saying you're not allowed to wear a mask, how is that any different? It's about choice. It's always been about choice. So nonetheless, though, the point is that this is a contradiction. Why does it matter whether they have an injection if those injections are still, in fact, increasing the risk of you spreading it? Because it is more about control. It always has been. And here's that example. Bywire points out. Again, Gavin Newsom tests positive for COVID shortly after his second booster. But guess what it says in the article? Suspected that waning immunity from the vaccine series is at play. What do you know? May 29th, Governor Newsom tests positive, receives Paxlovid prescription. Oh, okay, interesting. So you took the injection that's supposed to do the thing you say it's supposed to do. Then you take the next thing that's supposed to do the same thing. That's what they say. And none of it worked? Huh, that's shocking. Now, the reality here is that this is the Pfizer-Mectin drug, which is ridiculous. And even plenty of corporate experts have said, I should say corporate, but just, you know, main, mainstreamish type people on their podcasts, huge ones. They are normally more so towing the line that we're in danger and so on, would come out and say, this is ridiculous. This is a, this is a one-trick pony. This is a broken version of actual Pfizer-Ivermectin. And that's why it's not working. And I'll show you that next. But the point here is that I want to make sure we see that they're taking it just like we told you would come to pass. That now they're going, we'll take the injection and then take Paxlovid. And then what does that look like? Their argument, at least I think they believed it would lessen how it looked. Well, look, the injection suddenly working. That's what we said would happen. Why would you would take them at the same time doesn't make much sense, does it? I don't, here, you'll see what I mean when I read through this. On Saturday, the office of the California governor, Newsom, tested positive for COVID-19 and is taking antiviral medication. To curb the infection's worst symptoms. Hmm, okay. Remind me again what the injection's supposed to do. Oh, that's right. It's supposed to lessen the worst symptoms. Okay. So you took the injection, which is supposed to do that, and then it didn't work. So then you took the antiviral medication to do the same thing, and it didn't work. Cool. So why are we talking about this continuing to be used? Especially since the Paxlovid has already failed the trial, which we've talked about. They failed their their, their post-exposure trial. Well, because they just, that's what they're supposed to do. Push the drug that they're supposed to use. But I, I, I want to really genuinely ask people to think about this. If the argument is that the injection is supposed to lower their symptoms and they go, well, thank God I had this or I would have been worse. 
and you take something that does the exact same. I mean, this is just getting so convoluted. Are any of these things doing anything? They're still getting sick. They're still spreading it. They're still going to the hospital in many cases. But now they've got two things that are supposed to lessen the symptoms. Why are they? Wouldn't you combine them and it would be non-existent? Well, no, you still get mild symptoms. <laughs> it's just, this is an illusion. And in fact, it's not just an illusion. These things are hurting people. That's the obscene part of this. The Center for Disease Control. Look, even if you disagree with everything I just said, by the way, ask yourself why you think this makes sense for something that is dramatically less dangerous than the flu, especially if you're not sick at all. No comorbidities, nothing. And on top of that, that you're doing all the things you're supposed to do to keep yourself sick and an Omicron is supposed to be far less dangerous and on and on and on. And then you take these things and you still get sick and it's still there. I mean, for crying out loud, it has to take a child level intellect to not watch how this means nothing is happening. Recently released its most recent CDC or excuse me, COVID-19 tracking map, which puts over half the country at either moderate or high risk for COVID. Coming right back into it. 55%, you're all at risk, you're all in danger. Like, except the fact that on top of that, you're not actually at risk because this is not very dangerous. And on top of that, the variant you'd say is there is not very dangerous. And on top of that, most people already have immunity according to your own due diligence. I can't speak, your own information and multiple studies that have found that most people already have some form of immunity on top of that, that the majority of adults before this ever started already had some immunity. We never talk about that. I mean, I've gone over all of this stuff. None of this plays a factor. But yet you're all super moderate, high risk. I think is happening is the people taking these injections are continuing to get sick and they continue to be recognized as more cases and it goes round and round and round. And the people that aren't getting injections are watching this all go on. And yet this keeps it look like it's happening. A surge and it's all the vaccine. I want, I want to find, this is why they're hiding the information about vaccination status of who's getting sick. Because it continued to show you from the UK data that it was four times the amount of people in most cases that were vaccinated spreading and getting sick. They're now hiding that from you because I bet you it's way worse than that. So I want someone to find out in any, every one of these cases that their new case tested positive, were they injected? I would bet my life that they are. And the people that are not getting sick, whether or not they go around these people are not. Just my opinion. It's also suspected that waning immunity from the completed series, you mean your immune system failing? That's exactly what that actually means. Is at play? So now they're admitting that the failing immunity is not a less. So we, and here's the best part of it. It says, which is the reason enough to receive your first booster or a second booster, right? So what about those of us that have gotten none of it? Why would you even logically step into this minefield and get one thing that right in that moment doesn't work based on everything that's happening? You have to get the second and then the third and then the fourth to even have something that doesn't work again that you have to get another thing and take Paxlovid and then isolate and because they're working though. <laughs> My God, it's like, I can't even make a joke about how dumb this is. It's just really ridiculous. This is literally counter to logic. The governors also received Paxlovid, in case you wanted to hear exactly what it was, Paxlovid, Pfizer-Mectin. Newsom, who is 54, is fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and has received two boosters. Remember when that was conspiracy theory? No, it's going to be two shots, you dumb conspiracy theorists. We're well past that. The time between his second booster being administered and his positive test was about 10 days. Ah, that's why. <laughs> this is what they're really going to pretend. Just shy of the two-week mark, most health professionals believe the supplemental dose was needed to peak effect. So bottom line is, because he didn't wait, or because there was a, a gap there, right? Four more days and he would have been good to go. But because it was 10 days, there was a little window in there where he got sick again. Well, what about the immunity? Oh, the way in the immunity, so it doesn't work. Okay, so what about the fact that you have an immune system in general that should fight these? No, it doesn't matter. 
Four-day period, you missed it. Your immune system doesn't exist anymore unless you've got that injection in your body. Or how about the fact that you have something that's supposed to be working and it's only talking about peak efficacy? Well, no, because you missed four days. You got sick and you're sick, even with Paxlovid, even with everything else. How you can pretend this looks like something working is baffling to me. They're playing with this window as if it makes sense. Now ask yourself this. If they know that that's where most things happen, that's why they kick those down to unvaccinated when they show you the data, that's how they're playing with this too. Oh, you just missed it, Gavin. Too bad. Play again next time. Unbelievable. Now also don't forget, by the way, on a side note, that we just talked about this, that in Spain, they just proved, by the way, that these 2,200 elitists falsely They paid people hundreds of thousands of dollars to falsify their vaccine data, to actually put them on the database so that they can pretend to be vaccinated. We're talking high-level people, including the president of PharmaMar, a pharmaceutical industry leader who paid to falsify. What does he know? What does he know that, well, I wasn't even going to finish that sentence. He knows exactly what we know. That's the point. And then the other 2,199 Famous people who are just on this list, I guarantee you it's more. As I frame this, guys, it's not even hyperbolic. That's proof that people in the elitist culture in the society are faking their vaccine COVID status. Using, by the way, that's the whole thing in this. Oops, hold on. Did I spell it wrong? Oh, there it is. Wait. Isn't that how you spell saline? Oh, I see what's going on. Dang it. It's, I forgot that it's translated. Oh, shoot. I just screwed everything up. One second. Dang it. Make sure I don't lose that. I have it saved somewhere. What is going on? Are you guys seeing this? Did that page just disappear? My God. Well, that's cool. Um, let's see. Like I can't, I can't even. Oh, thank God! There we go. That was really strange. It was, it just wouldn't let me go back. Not, I'm not pretending everything's a conspiracy, but sometimes these things just very interestingly. Anyway, the point was, guys, that in here, as it's, tra- I, don't, I don't want to try to search again. It's going to screw it up. The point is very clearly that they say that they paid not only to fake their information, but that they used saline shots to pretend. It's just incredible that 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 was a laugh-out-loud ridiculous conspiracy theory, but now they're literally proving to you that they have a false passport scheme for high-level people. I can't, I don't see it in here, but read it for yourself. It literally lists the word, it talks about saline shots being used. My point, though, is that we should consider that, too. That none of this is real and that they're actually lying about it. The point is that it is happening. How many things there's conspiracy theory until they turn out to be real until we realize that that's not what that word means? They're lying to you. Now, on the point of Paxlovid. So not only is he getting the injections that don't work and continuing to get sick over and over and over, at least that's what we're being told, but we know now, according to the corporate media, that the very thing, and I'll just start with this since I already pointed at it, don't forget that Pfizer's COVID drug, Paxlovid, failed its clinical trial, but they're still using it. Still using it. Why that would make sense? I said that then. I don't know because it's nothing means anything. Everything means nothing. doesn't matter. Trials mean nothing if we want you to use this drug. So keep using it anyway. Safe and effective benefits outweigh the risks. Okay, whatever. My point, though, 
is that on top of that, that's why I said again in the in the title, is that this is another report from CBS and everywhere else saying the CDC is now warning that of COVID-19 rebound. <laughs> they just can't, can they just, what about a breakthrough case? Like it's funny how they make up new terms to apply. So they categorize it differently. This is the same thing. You're giving them something that's making them sick. Let's be real about this. COVID-19 warns of COVID-19 or CDC warns of COVID-19 rebound after taking Paxlovid, but says the drug is still beneficial. <laughs> So you're taking an injection that's supposed to reduce your symptoms. It doesn't do that. So you take another drug that does the same thing, and that doesn't work. But still do it, though, because it's beneficial. That's the story. I mean, this is painful. As COVID-19 cases continue to rise, Paxlovid is being prescribed to try to keep high-risk patients out of the hospital, which is, by the way, exactly what the injection was sold to you as the second time. It was all about transmission and stopping transmission. They swore up and down to stop transmission. Then when it didn't, they go, we never said that, you dumb conspiracy theorists. It's all about reducing your symptoms. And now that we're doing that and it's not working, they go, now just take Paxlovid to reduce the symptoms. You dumb conspiracy theorists. Okay. But the CDC is warning on top of that of potential rebound of COVID-19 after a five-day course of treatment. That's not, that's literally what it says. Quote, if you take Paxlovid, you might get symptoms again, says Walensky. We haven't yet seen anybody who has returned with symptoms need to go to the hospital. So generally milder. Cool. So you, as long as you, so you take the thing, the secondary, your injection, then your Paxlovid, and you still get sick, but just below the level of hospitalization. So it's perfect and it works. Safe and effective. <laughs> what about long COVID? Didn't you guys just freak out about how long COVID, even though it's not hospitalization, is still a big risk? Except not in this case, though, because we don't talk about it when it looks bad for us. Again, I don't even believe that's happening. I, I believe in some cases, mostly psychosomatic. That's what the peer-reviewed science says. But either way, their argument is even mild cases of COVID has long COVID, psychological problems. All the kids are at risk, right? But not in this case, though, right? Don't just take the Paxlovid. It's mild. You're all good then. It's all over. Over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> you got it 16 times now, but it's mild, so you're good. After a patient recovers, rebound has been reported to occur two to eight days later. Still, the CDC says the benefits of taking Paxlovid outweigh the risks. That just makes me sick that we're even at a position where this stuff is being floated by people that are pretending to be doing the right thing. Possible causes are being investigated. <laughs> but a small study suggested the symptoms are coming from the same virus and not a new infection. I mean, okay. So I don't know how what makes that worse or better. Right? Is it better that the, the the infection never even went away? That you took an, an vaccination and an antiviral, and yet the same thing stayed. Like I'll, I find that to be the worst, to be quite honest. But on top of that, as we know, the injection dramatically increases your risk of infection in the first week, and again after three months. And on top of that, that we are now realizing that these things are increasing the risk of infection in other ways as well. The point is that it could just be a new infection on top of that. Either way, these things don't work. Infectious disease expert Dr. Haven Ho tested positive for COVID-19 after attending a conference on the virus. Isn't that ridiculous? So these are experts going to the conference on COVID-19 and he gets COVID-19. He took Paxlovid and his symptoms went away. But his symptoms returned days later and he again tested positive my God. So far, it appears the risk isn't so much that patients could become very ill again, <laughs> but that they might unknowingly infect someone else. So add that to the mix. So now we're not even talking about, we're, so first of all, we're talking about people like us that aren't sick, haven't gotten injections, that aren't spreading anything. 
Now, sure, you could argue that they may, but the point is they get sick fluid spread it, which is the whole point about asymptomatic, which doesn't exist in the spread. This is the 10 million person study that found only 300 asymptomatic people, of which none of them were transmissible because, of course, you need symptoms to spread a respiratory virus, which is what Fauci himself said. Okay, so the point being that these people are unknowingly spreading this because they still have symptoms, because this thing allowed it to continue, because this is a base, this is the leaky vaccine argument. They're, this is spreading from person to person to person, and their in their immune system is far more susceptible because of the injection, because of the autoimmune or, or auto deficiency, or all the different things we're talking about, or the fact that the injection itself increases the risk again, the beginning and the end. And so they're just going from person to person. Then they're taking a Paxlovid thing that does all the same thing. I just can't get past how ridiculous this is. Meanwhile, people that are not playing this game at all are perfectly fine in most cases. Well, of course, I argue a lot of the people that think they're getting sick are just people that are getting the flu and thinking it's COVID. But it's all my opinion. The bottom line is this is not working. Walensky's advice, though, quote, they should test. They should put their mask back on. And if their test is positive, restart isolation all over again. So you know what this amounts to? A never-ending cycle, right? So you get sick, you take the injection, it keeps you sick, you take the, the Paxlovid, which comes back again, then you, the, you test, which then tells you you're sick again, put your mask on, which increases your risk, then you test positive again, and you start isolation all over again. Round and round and round they go for their 47th injection. It is alarming. Now, on top of all of that, recognize that they're right now, they just ended this study as of May 5th, 2022, they're studying right now, still, how to manipulate you into taking your shots, still. Ask yourself why this is even valid anymore with, with the fact that people have clearly stood their ground. They've either taken it, taken it or they haven't. But here they are studying right up until May 5th how we're going to lie you into doing it again. 4,000 participants. Here's what it says. This is basically about control messages and which ones work better to manipulate you into taking this thing. It says one of them is about a sample of just simply bird feeding. right? One of them is a sample about effectiveness and safety of vaccines. So lying to you, essentially, saying these are safe and effective and seeing if that tricks you into taking it. The other one would be a message about how COVID-19 is limiting your personal freedom. And of course, by taking this dangerous injection that you can gain that freedom back. Well, guess what? The only person limiting your freedom is the government. Viruses don't have an ability to limit people's freedom. That's pretty basic. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, actually. But on the sample that will be assigned, it says this is a message about COVID-19 limiting people's economic freedom. And again, that the injection gives you that back which is, again, only the government, nothing to do with the virus or whatever you think is happening. This is about them trying to convince you that the injection somehow gives you something back. By the way, which it won't, which is the main point. They'll give it to you, and then there's more stipulations. But it says, this is another one. All of these are going down the line of which ones they're going to use. And, and this, each one of these constitutes a different group and how they responded to it. Now it says, this one is about a message that the COVID-19 presents a real danger to your health. So scaring you. Lying to you, essentially, if you're even if you're young and healthy. So blatantly lying to you. This one is about the message about dangers of COVID-19 and the health of your loved ones. So using your emotional manipulation about whether you can get your loved ones sick to trick you into getting this thing. Then it says how COVID-19 is wreaking havoc on the economy. No, it's not. Again, I don't even understand how a any kind of a microbe can do anything to an economy. Your actions around this and the lies about what's happening and the lockdowns, which are unjustified and everything else, that is what destroyed the economy. Or your, your illegal actions around food supplies or the, the illusion from Ukraine, that's what's doing it, right? That's the problem, not some imaginary problem. But it goes on to say the danger that COVID-19 presents to the health of one's family and community. 
the danger that COVID-19 presents to the health of one's family and community. Oh, hold on, this is the same. The, be- the best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated. Society must work together to get enough vaccinated. They're still pushing this line, guys. Despite the fact that their own argument has fallen flat on its face. They went well past a percentage they said they needed and it still didn't do anything and they just blamed unvaccinated. Well, that's your argument that it didn't matter if they did it as long as we got this percentage. They're just moving goalpost to goalpost here. Or rather moving the goalpost from spot to spot. Anyway, the bottom line, guys, as you can see, it's all about emotional manipulation. They're just simply trialing which narrative works the best against you emotionally. That's disgusting. Final one says, describes how firefighters, doctors, and frontline medical workers are brave. Those who choose to get not get vaccinated against COVID are not brave. Yeah, that's actually their message. Oh, I see the difference here. So the bottom one is embarrassment, anger. I mean, this is crazy, right? The best way to get to save your family is to get injected. Then it says, then it asks the participant to imagine the guilt they will feel if they don't get the vaccination. That's what it says. Here's one embarrassment. Imagine the embarrassment you'll feel if you don't get it and they get sick. Imagine the anger you'll feel if it happens. Good God, this is, just makes me skin crawl. It's disgusting. Are you really pretending that people, like, imagine this argument at the bottom, right? They're all heroes no matter what. And then once they don't do it, well, no, you're not brave. No, you're not a hero. It doesn't matter how many lives you've saved. If you don't do this thing that we said you should do, you're not brave. Well, why not? Did they save lives? Did they put their life on the line? Oh, so it's not about actually being brave. It's about towing the line, which is the opposite of brave. I got it. Disgusting. These are disgusting human beings. Five Times August points this out. This uh, puts this poll out there. Interesting polls, by the way. This says for the unvaccinated, which describes you. Of course, there only get four options. So nobody freak out that there's not all the options. And it points out of 17,000 people. The unvaccinated predominantly said that they think they got COVID and it wasn't bad. 52%. Now, again, I'm not suggesting. My simple point is, I don't. if it wasn't bad, couldn't it have been the flu? Couldn't it have been a thousand other things? Yes. PCR tests are wildly inaccurate in this context. But it says 40% of them said never tested, never sick. That's the huge proportion. That's, that's the vast majority. How does that make sense to anybody? Now, you could argue they're lying or they wouldn't admit it and so on, but that's all subjective and you don't know for sure. This, the poll is information right in front of you. Poll for the vaccinated. 44% say they got two shots and still got COVID. By the way, all of them say got COVID. I think that's part of the, you know, it's maybe deceptive, but the bottom line is you find this everywhere. You'll find, you know, the reason why you don't see these kind of polls happening on on corporate level or like partisan level Twitter accounts and people that are buying the line because when they do it, they get ratioed. And everybody, I saw this on a, a, it was a corporate media left leaning channel. I forget the person where they asked and ever, even their followers were like, nope, this isn't real. And they deleted it because they're not about the truth as usual. They're going to pretend the bots got it. Like I was saying in the beginning. Now, last point on this, this is from October, 2021. Can new onset psychosis occur after MRNA vaccines? Well, guess what? I'm going to actually kind of go, well, anyway, the real quick assessment here, guys, is that they're telling you they report a case of a person who got onset psychosis after the administration of the injection, and it got exponentially worse after the next injection, right? So it, it happened, then it got worse when it got the next one, which is pretty clear about the indication, but, you know, we, it could be another, just a correlation, always possible. He didn't, he wasn't sick with COVID-19, right? So the bottom line is all their narratives are falling out the window. And this is a person who got 
went crazy. And after they gave him certain, they actually put him in a psychiatric ward. But after they gave him certain drugs, he went away, went back normal. Oh, I'm glad I saw that. One point I want to make here. There's a very interesting thing they keep doing here. Presumably, it says he was asymptomatic, working full time. Now, I think what I'm noticing here is a quiet transition to calling anybody not sick asymptomatic. That's not what that is. You're not asymptomatic if you're not sick. You're not sick. Asymptomatic implies you are sick, but you're not showing that. Or rather that you have the virus or you have whatever in your body or you are infected, but you're not showing the symptoms. Here's my point. It says it right again down here. One week after discharge, he was taking medication, asymptomatic, and back to work. I mean, they literally just said he was not sick. He was, or at the very least, the PCR said it was negative. So why then call it asymptomatic? Because that's a ploy, in my opinion, guys. You're not asymptomatic if you're not sick. But that's how they want you to think about it. You're sick until proven currently injected. I don't even know what that means. Basically, you're always sick all the time. That's the argument of how your sickly gross human body is part of the problem. In any case, the development of psychosis following vaccinations is extremely rare. But you know what that means? It's possible. This peer-reviewed study found that it's possible that you could have onset psychosis by the direct result of having an mRNA injection. And it's just this one case. It's extreme. Call it fine. And say it's extremely rare. It's still there. And yet, all we do is point at everything else. I'm not saying this is everything or even the majority. I just can't stand how we pretend these things aren't there. It's all evidence. That's why we're being objective about it. Now, in regard to what people are doing about these injection problems and what they're doing to people, I want to play a couple of quick clips from you that Brooke Jackson shared. Brooke Jackson being the whistleblower from Ventavia Pfizer trials, which I've had two interviews with. Here's the first one from December 2nd, 2021. Brooke Jackson interview, Pfizer whistleblower exposes cover-up, calling vaccine data into question. Which, by the way, was the very first interview with her with, in person. Anywhere. And yet, weirdly, doesn't get much attention. I find that interesting, even though some of these quasis out there, it's all about it. But then here's the second one. Again, follow-up, February 11th, 2022. Brooke Jackson interview, Pfizer reveals concerns with data integrity, vindicating previous claims. Because they did. She's right. Now, here is something she posted in regard to Viva Frey and Barnes having a discussion about what they're finding. Barnes is her lawyer, finding about information in regard to what's actually happening in this trial. It's very interesting. Take a listen, because this stuff's happening behind the scenes, and they are you're not going to hear this unless the people like us push it out. The corporate media will never tell you this. They're admitting right now that they're basically lying to you, because that's the only way I guess they can get away from this trial. Represent uh, Brooke Jackson, who is a whistleblower who exposed that the Pfizer clinical trials were riddled not only with error but with fraudulent and false certifications to the U.S. government. That's the allegation of the suit. Allegedly, yes. The uh, well, she's got a lot of evidence of it, but the uh, but what's fa- yeah? I come on, that, that's what's frustrating there. He and I'm glad Barnes said that. There's nothing allegedly about this. She has verifiable evidence of both the fact that they did it, the fact that they attempted to cover it up, and the fact that they then maintained that illusion. All three parts of those I go over in both those interviews. There's clear information after she was gone that shows that they not only had discussions about how they would cover this up, but that they continued to do it. There's nothing allegedly about that. Now, I get his wanting to say that from a lawyer's perspective, but realize, guys, this is sound. This is unbelievably obvious. Fascinating is Pfizer has moved to dismiss the case and their grounds to dismiss as they repeated in the scheduling conference we had this week is that it doesn't matter if they submitted fraudulent certifications to the government. 
It doesn't matter if they submitted false statements under penalty of perjury to the government. It doesn't matter if they lied about the safety and efficacy of these uh, drugs mislabeled, in my opinion, as vaccines. Because the government was in on it with them. The government knows what's going on, and the government still would have given them the check anyway. Now, to be clear, to be clear about what he's saying here, there's more to this, the clip, right? So if you want to get the full context, watch the full thing. I mean, it's in their, in their links in their, on their channel there. But the point is that to be as objective as possible, you could argue that what they're doing is saying, well, even if we did, not saying we did, which is usually what a lawyer would do, but even if we were lying, not saying we are, but even if we were, and even if this was, even if that's, we're working with the U.S. government. So therefore, it's essentially saying that if, you know, they can't be wrong if the U.S. government was supporting this. So just to be clear, they did lie. They did cover up. That's a fact, in my opinion, and the data backed up by Brooks Jackson's information. But if the fact that their argument really is that it's irrelevant whether that happened, like I want to be clear that I don't want people to take that as they're admitting it, even though they kind of are, and I do think that, but just to stand back and try to be objective, even if they're not admitting it, their argument is it doesn't matter. I mean, think about how gross that is. And again, here, just to take a quick step back, remember this, for those that might not have seen it, this is exactly why they would make such an argument. Because they have done this before. Over $10 billion just since the year 2000, only for Pfizer, of paying for their crimes. Over $5 billion for safety-related offenses. 15 different times they've been caught. Health-related offenses, $3 billion. This is Pfizer. How about False Claims Act? Off-label, unapproved promotion. Lying about the safety, lying about what the drugs can do. Lying about their efficacy. They've paid $10 billion for stuff like this. Okay, so the point is that what they're telling you is they're standing up and going, well, it doesn't even matter if we lied because the government's on our side. Of course it matters if they lie about safety. Everybody would argue that's the case, and that's why it's a quiet argument in front of a court and not being publicized by the corporate media. We live in a broken society, guys, and the government and the media are actively keeping that illusion going. So is it really fraud if the government's their co-conspirator? That is, in essence, Pfizer's defense so far to the uh, to the case. So it'll be an interesting case. The judge said that we would be entitled to discovery about any issue related to the motion to dismiss. That's important. And so that, that uh, covers some territory. That's an interesting thing. In, in Quebec, last time I checked, if you make a motion, anytime you file a new affidavit in support of a motion, you get to examine on the affidavit. They're both lawyers, by the way. So if they file the motion to dismiss, basically saying, look, we're innocent, but even if we're guilty, they authorized to do it. They authorized us to do it. Do you not get to examine them on those new allegations, which were not part of the original proceeding and are new to the file? So you, you, that, that's you what the judge said. Judge said we're entitled to discovery on those issues, which they were. So basically, Pfizer tripped up here. And they stumbled, they stepped in their own garbage. And now, and now what's happening is it's opening up the door for discovery, which, le- which means Barnes can then poke into these things and be like, oh, really? You said this and you said that? Well, now that you used it in your argument, we have the ability to step in and publicly produce evidence or make you do so in regard to these arguments. And here, here's, I'll let him explain. He goes on to say that they're like, no, 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 that's not right. <laughs> We're trying to dismiss. It's like, well, too late. We're going ballistic about it. The, uh, they kept saying, oh, well, we've just moved to dismiss. A uh, motion to dismiss is on the four corners of the pleadings, not their motion to dismiss. Well, their motion to dismiss includes a bunch of extra extrinsic information, documentation, and testimony, which we're absolutely entitled to contest and dispute and to get discovery concerning. So the And the court recognized the same. Very uh, you know straightforward, old-school judge. 
Um, so the uh, he was talking about when he first saw the you know some federal rules, he thought that they were communists back in the day, 30, 35 years ago. But he goes, they really work well, and it involves uh, you know disclosure and discovery in a timely, material way. So they'll be able to limit some discovery, but not as much as I think they wanted to. And it was a fascinating defense, fascinating defense to say, yeah, maybe we lied. But even if we did, it doesn't matter because some uh, high ranking government people were in on the lie. Uh, that's I don't think that's going to be a defense the court's ultimately going to buy. But we'll, it entitles us to discovery in the interim. So it's going to be Brooke Jackson's case marches onward. Uh, probably the biggest uh, whistleblower false claims act maybe in the history of the United States. Yeah, I, I agree. I think she she's been vindicated already, by the way, but she deserves to be vindicated on a mainstream level. So these lying hypocrites can get called out for attacking her character, for undermining everything about. It. I mean, think about what it, this is like. Anybody else that stood up in this process and put their life and their name on the line, they've been run through the mud by these utter deceivers. So thank God this is coming out in the way it is, but it's still not going to change because they're so desperately hooked into this. But it's very interesting, by the way, in the chat, I agree saying I connect with James Corbett. I've been meaning to do so. We actually had kind of a quasi tentative, uh, tentative set date a while back and a lot's happened, but I, I, James and I need to connect again. I'll reach out to him, but here's the second part. I don't want to overblow this, Robert, but people have to appreciate how important discovery is even on a motion to dismiss. Now in the practice, people, if you make a motion to dismiss and you say this should be dismissed, even assuming the allegations of the original claim are true, that's far different than saying it should be dismissed because of this, this, and this, because if you file new exhibits, make new allegations, which are not within the four corners of the lawsuit, you expose yourself to examination on those on those elements, on the affidavit of the new facts, which were not part of the court file. It may be limited to the motion to dismiss. That's going to be fun. So th- this really is actually a big deal, Robert. Oh, huge, huge, huge. Absolutely. I mean, the, the goal of Pfizer, they had however many lawyers there. Uh, I mean, there's one lawyer after the other, after the other, after the other, the uh, uh, just lots and lots of corporate lawyers. And that was just the ones in present in court. And there are a bunch more on the phone and all that jazz. The, and I'm sure a bunch more listening in the, it's just that kind of case. The, uh, but, uh, uh, but it's huge. I mean, their goal was for this case to go away right away and for them not to have to disclose a single piece of information, a single piece of documentation. Uh, and just for them to be able to walk out without any consequence, because too often that has happened with big drug companies in America. This concerns Pfizer stealing $2 billion. That's the allegation. $2 billion from the, from the people of the United States, which they're trying to confuse. They're saying, oh, if the government chooses to intervene, that's what governs the case. It's like, no, no, this is, this claim is brought by Brooke Jackson on behalf of all the people. Sometimes the government does a good job of advocating for the people. Sometimes it doesn't. Either way, uh, that's whose interest is at stake. Did Pfizer make false statements that got them a $2 billion check? Yes. They were not entitled to if they had made truthful statements. Yes. I, I love it, brother. You say, you say stealing it tongue in cheek. And I'll just say it's, it's one or the other. It's a theft or it's a gift both of which are equally corrupt under the circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it's something right. that the people should not have had to write a check for. They were entitled to honest representations by Pfizer and the allegations of the suit and the evidence presented by Brooke Jackson dispute that. I like, I, I like Viva Frey a lot. They, he's very objective and very, very honest about his coverage. They're absolutely right. Everything about this is criminal in every possible way. And you know why it's not being exposed by the, by the media? Take a wild guess. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you 
by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Bill Gates' advice on how to combat mistrust in science at 60minutesovertime.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> it just never ends. Unreal. Now, here are these two interviews again. If you'd like to listen to Brooke and I discuss this in depth, very important stuff. Now, let's see where we are. 2.15. Okay. I think we're going to finish this. Oh, yeah, we're just going to go through the entire. Let's go through this entirely. This is a really important video. This is about masks. And then we're going to finish off with Fauci's monkey pox grant. This is so very important because of this is what it looks like for experts, like literally like the expert, like at the very least, the people that are the leading expert in this case, like somebody who not just a doctor or a scientist who's not an unrelated field, but a guy whose actual field is specifically industrial Farm, what do you call it? Industrial, he'll say it in there. But the point that's specifically about the idea of mass PPE and how they work in a certain context, this is the expert or the, the, the level of expert that we should be listening to in regard to these topics. Now, what you're going to hear is everything we've already told you across the board in a sort of truncated way because he's got limited time. It's, it's The video is about 15 minutes, but even that he's going through so much information that it's it's truncated. But the point is how incredibly obvious all of this is. And how he's literally going, even the, the doctor who just spoke before me, I'll show you how everything he just said is a lie. Like this, it's incredible. And then the best part is how at the very end, this guy even gets laughed at. This is the New Hampshire, uh, this was the New Hampshire, um, New Hampshire Senate. It's right here. Yeah, New Hampshire Senate live stream. I just, I just had the first video where I first saw it. And this guy right over here at the very end, Ask a question, and he gets laughed at by the audience. Well, when this looks like new information, they all laugh at him. The people in the audience laugh. This is supposed to be an informed policymaker, and he has no idea about what this guy's presenting. And even the audience laughs when he says that. Think about what that shows you. These people act like they're supposed to be the informed ones, and all they know is what they're told they're supposed to be looking at. That's the constant. And many of them believe that makes them informed. If this guy doesn't know about what he's saying at this point, at 2022, and yet he's forced children and people to wear these things for two years, he should not be in that position. But we all know this already. So this is really important. I hope you guys will listen to this entirely because this should be over by now. And it just shows you how these things continue in 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 contradiction of the science and the facts and the information. First of all, I wanted to thank Melissa and the committee for the opportunity to talk. I've, pres I've given you some handouts. I'm going to rapidly go through those, but I'll touch on the high points um, because I know there's limited time. Um, again, my name is Stephen Petty. I'm a certified industrial hygienist, certified safety professional, uh, professional engineer. I've been working 45 years in the field of health and safety. Spent my entire life trying to protect workers and the public from toxins, I've sampled for anthrax, biotoxins, the whole list. 
I've been in over 400 uh, cases named uh, with respect to exposure control and exposure and PPE. And um, most recently, I testified in the state of Kentucky, and as a result of my testimony, the mask mandate was overturned statewide. Which is true, by the way. Of course, you didn't hear about the corporate media about that, right? Because they don't want you to know that the truth broke through, and then they over they went they um, superseded the veto of the governor, and the facts led the people. So they no longer have the mandate. So the point is that this is the. It's just incredible that we can see that reality where the, the, just the governor was so set they would be to it, but it went over the top because even the local government was enough informed by this person to be able to say you're wrong. These are dangerous, which is the point. Not just they don't work, but they're dangerous. Pay attention to what he's saying. So let me introduce the topic of industrial hygiene. Industrial That's hygiene is not well understood by many. We industrial have- hygiene. Whether or not you're a doctor or a scientist, you may not understand the in-depth. Just like if you're a uh, you know a brain surgeon, you may not understand how to operate on the foot. Right? These are different focuses. This guy is the person you should be listening to when it comes to whether or not masks work and whether or not they're dangerous. We have a lot of physicians talking about industrial hygiene. It's not their field. Industrial hygiene is a science and art devoted to anticipation, recognition, evaluation, and control of environmental factors and stressors that can cause you to be sick, make, make you uh, feel bad, or even kill you. And I've testified 400 times in those sorts of cases. The problem is that we have a lot of physicians talking about things like that, and they may be perfectly talented folks, but it's not their sandbox. When I'm in trials, we have a physician that talks about uh, the disease, and I talk about exposure and exposure control and PPE. The last, uh, the, the physician that talked earlier, I'm here to show you that every statement he made is false. Um, let me go then. There's really three ways you can look at why masks can and cannot work, and I'm on page three of my handouts, the top slide. Um, this is a plot of cases of COVID in New Hampshire with time. If you really believed that masks could work, you would expect the cases would drop with time. They do not. You can draw this plot for any state or any country in the world. What you see is where people are indoors more in the northern climates, the wintertime, disease rates go up. That's a well-understood industrial hygiene fact that's over 100 years old, and you see that in this plot. Um, Now I want to move you on to um, the uh, epidemiology, and there are lots of studies, but at the bottom of page four, probably the one... uh, that's uh, most relevant is the Bundegaard study out of Denmark. They looked at 6,000 or so folks, 3,000 with masks, 3,000 without masks. They found no difference in disease rate. Similar study was done on schools in Florida. Same outcome, and that's on the bottom of page five. The, the reality is that uh, I testified in federal court in Michigan about the CDC studies and showed that Almost all the studies they cited suffered from two flaws. One, they didn't have a control group. That is a group not wearing masks as similar to a group that was wearing masks to see what the differences were. If you don't have a control group, how do you know it makes a difference? The other thing is... Now, we've made this point many times. And this is what's so embarrassing about how this works. And any anybody honest or brave enough to speak out during the fervor of COVID would say, look, you can't make a study, especially in the, first of all, the beginning, they were like, you can't study during a pandemic. And of course, when that didn't work for us to not look at the other stuff, they didn't, or rather the other stuff challenged what they were saying. They jammed in that they, well, let's quickly do observational studies during a pandemic, even though we just said we shouldn't do that. This says what we like you to hear. 
And the point was they did it and said, look, it works. <laughs> Except when you dig in, you go, but wait, they studied lockdowns, masks, social distancing, all, like four different things simultaneously and said, but because masks were included, they all work. I mean, it, it's willfully dishonest. No matter, no matter what field you're in, you know that. You can't just align both of them and say, look, it makes it says the mask work. Because the reality being is that washing hands specifically is obviously going to have an effect. And that's one thing they always included with most of these studies. Or I shouldn't say it like that, which they included with a lot of these studies. But every, I should, I, I'll try to stop it as much because every one of these points you've heard me make many times. So just hear me saying, I told you so through the whole thing. <laughs> because there were confounding factors where there were multiple things going on at the same time. Uh, with or without a control group like air conditioning uh, changes, uh, separation, quarantine, and masking. There's no way to know whether masking has any effect at all. The real solution has always been, for 50 years, engineering controls of ventilation, dilution, or destruction. And, And those solutions I've actually implemented in real schools beginning in 2020. And I work with many, many school districts to implement them. This isn't about a mask or a respirator. Those are the least desirable options. It's always about getting rid of the problem. Now, let's look at this issue from a micro perspective real quickly. Uh, And again, I'm on the bottom of page 7. If you can see visible dust, it's on the order of 50 microns. That unit may or may not mean anything. the virus is 500 times smaller than what you can see. If you look Sorry about that. that. This is the point I've been making quite a lot. That they, they, No matter how you look at this, and he actually will tell you that COVID-19 is smaller or whatever we're talking about for those that, you know, in that argument. I'm just arguing from within their narrative here point. They'll tell you that it is smaller than is possible to be stopped by any of these masks, including N95s. And here's the expert telling you that. So then why then do all the, the hoteses and, you know, the MZ dogs out there lie to you about this? Or are they just not informed enough? You can decide for yourself. But this guy, and not just because he says it, but plenty of others are the very people that you should be listening to in regard to whether or not these things are effective. And guess what, guys? All of the science before COVID points in the same direction. So why would you then suddenly think that everything changed the moment that they decided to make it change? It's crazy to me. Get a cross-section of a human hair. I've got a plot on the bottom of page 7 than what you can see. If you look at a cross-section of a human hair, I've got a plot on the bottom of page 7. You see that dot. That dot is 10 times the size of a virus. It's a micron or so. So the the COVID particle is a thousand times smaller than the cross-section of human hair. And I ask everybody the simple question, you wear your mask, can you slip a human hair by the side of your mask? Of course you can, especially below the eyes. It's a super freeway for the virus to come and go. This source control argument is bogus. Source control means the person wearing the mask, somehow or other, those, those viruses can't escape the mask. That's just nonsense. If you've got this super freeway, it doesn't, the virus doesn't care where it's coming in or going out. A couple of things that need to be talked about real quickly. There's been great disinformation about um, COVID being a droplet. Now, particles can be classified in two bins, droplets and aerosols. The data I show on page 8 shows that over 99.9% of the particles 
are aerosols, less than five microns. They're not droplets. That's not the problem. The other thing that you see on the bottom is droplets fall to the ground very quickly. So, so even though they're a very small fraction, they'll fall to the ground on the order of minutes. If you look on the top of page 9, though, and you look at aerosols, it takes up to 50 days for them to fall. So these things are suspended in the air for days and days. So there's no way you have a COVID meter on your chest or your head. The only way that you're going to know if somebody's in aisle four and is sick the day before, you have no way of knowing whether that stuff's still there or not. So what's the solution? The solution is to dilute it with ventilation, filter it out, or destroy it. It always has been the solution. The National Safety Council gave us those solutions from an industrial hygiene standpoint in 1950, over 70 years ago. People talk about these masks. Why can masks not work? Bottom of page 9. The problem is you cannot seal a mask by definition. A, meal, a mask that seals is a respirator. I also want to talk a little bit. They say, well, um, I'm on, now on page 11. I want to whip through this. They say, well, they might do a little bit of good. Well, that is in our... In industrial hygiene, we don't look at solutions that do a little bit of good. It might, it might help 1% of the people. We have a requirement that if we're going to provide a solution that helps the public, it better have at least a 90% relative risk reduction. So how, how would you feel if I walked in and I said to asbestos workers, let's put you in a mask. It might save 1% of you from asbestosis, but the other 99% will get it. I think I would lose all my, all my licenses. And by the way, the asbestos fiber on average is 50 times larger than a COVID particle, and we have very high-end respirators, PAPRs, that are used to protect asbestos workers. And I'm certified in protecting asbestos workers. So why in the world would you take a 1% solution when you need 90% when we have solutions like ventilation destruction and filtration that do meet that 90% requirement from industrial hygiene. There's a hugely important point right there that he definitely made clear, but I want to focus on just for a second, the idea that these same people, these experts, know that asbestos is, is bigger than COVID-19, the size we're talking about. And yet they wouldn't even use the respirators and discussions there because it wouldn't work in that context. But yet we would pretend that even though it doesn't work there, it would work for something smaller even though all the historical documentation before shows that masks aren't even in regard to stopping transmission, because guess what? They're not statistically significant in reducing transmission because they're too small, on and on and on. There's so many verifiable points at which they're already contradicting themselves because of previous situations or new situations. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because the, the politics of the day say that you're supposed to think that, so we yell people down. It's very frustrating. And yes, I'm absolutely, I, lo I love Dr. Bailey. I'd like to uh, take her out on a date. <laughs> uh, she's just someone who's very, very intelligent. And she's so completely, she seems very objective to me, but she also seems very, very pointed. Like she's very clear about her discussions. And I, I would love to talk to her. I'm, you know, all jokes aside, I do think she does absolutely fantastic work. So anybody has her contacts, please connect her with me. The other thing you hear about all the time is on page 12, you see the top. Well, let's move on to, to N95s was I just said, we wouldn't even use an N95 for asbestos workers. But here's a study by Shaw et al. 
that shows even for an N95 where you glue it onto a board, and that's where most of these mask studies are done. They literally glue the mask onto a mannequin or a board. Now, do you glue your mask on your face? Of course not. So what happens when it's not? So if it's glued on, they say, well, it has 46% effectiveness. But what if you put a gap on it? 3% effectiveness. And that's the real world. And that's glued to the board. <laughs> I mean, good God. It's just, so their own studies make it very clear. So my point is these people who are doing these things come to, they know what they're looking at. And yet they still come to the conclusions that continue to fund their research, which is the opposite of what they're ultimately seeing. This is incredible to me. Remember all those, those doctors and experts that were doing like the vaping test and showing you then the people go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about or using the, uh, the oxygen meter from like a, from a um, OSHA meter and telling you, look, look at the oxygen levels. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, clearly they did and they do. And that's the point. And this is all there. But it's just all about who we're willing to let shout people down on Twitter or wherever else this discussion is happening today. So about masks, on to page 13. On January 2nd, 2022, Scott Gottlieb, FDA commissioner and Face the Nation, spilled the beans. He said, basically, masks don't work. I've, I've been putting real engineering controls in real schools for two years. You can imagine as somebody who spent his whole life defending workers and toxic tort trials and the public, how infuriating it is to see people propose solutions that cannot and do not work. He admitted it. We also had CDC finally admit on January 14th of 2022, well, these masks aren't very effective, so let's move to N95s. I've said, no, 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 let's move to engineering controls. If you follow the CDC guidance, I said, what science changes its position 180 degrees in two years? Mass, no mass, mass, no mass. No science does that. The other thing I want to point out is on the bottom of page 15, and I wrote a 27-page letter to CDC in February complaining about this, as well as to Fauci in the White House. Now, I didn't actually pick up on this the first time I watched this. Now, remember this guy's question he's going to ask at the end. He, he's, he answers it right there, by the way. In February, which is not new, by the way, but, it's, but this information is way older than that. But he wrote a letter to the CDC explaining everything he's talking about. So just remember that as we get to the end, when this guy goes, this looks like new information. Literally what you just listened to in your chair, he explained wasn't. But these are the people leading your decisions, right? These are the leaders along with eight other industrial hygiene folks. They, they say, well, we want to put children in N95s, and then they link you to the manufacturer's websites, including 3M. What does 3M say about N95s in children? Not designated to be used by children. And it also says, by the way, and I've showed you the Honeywell, which I'll show you next in a minute, that they don't actually even filter things below 0.3 microns, which is their point. That's why they're N95s. Facts. Who cares? And also they say, well, as soon as you go to mass, you've got to start following respiratory protection standard, which has all sorts of requirements. You can't just hand somebody an N95 and not incur a lot of liability if you don't ensure that they're fit tested, that they're medically cleared to wear it, that they've been trained on how to wear it, and they've been trained on how to replace it. 
So on the bottom of page 16, we have industrial hygiene, as I've said before, what we call the hierarchy of controls. Everybody agrees with this. The, the most effective hierarchy is engineering controls. The least effective would be personal protective equipment, or PPE. And PPE for respiratory protection is respirators because you can seal respirators. Now, why are respirators on the bottom of the barrel for controlling hazards? Because they don't get worn right. You put somebody in, we know this from decades of doing this, you put a, you put a respirator on somebody for eight hours a day, they're going to break that seal. Guaranteed, it's not going to get worn right. Well, the interesting thing is masks don't even fit in the hierarchy. They're below it. They're not even part of it. Again, engineering <coughs> controls is the solution. Now, what about damage to children? There's lots and lots of data on this. Um, beginning on page 18, Curriculum Associates is showing um, both for reading and for mathematics in one year um, loss of performance of upwards of 12 to 15%, depending on the grade level. Um, and it's worse for minorities, as you see on page 19. Brown University put a study out for kids born during COVID wearing masks show a 23% reduction in learning. So what did CDC do on February 8th? They took the 18-year-old criteria for child development and they moved the goalpost. They didn't admit that this was causing enormous damage. They said, okay, the performance standards you have at 24 months, we're going to make 30 months. Sad. <clears throat> that's not just sad. That's wildly dishonest and, frankly, illegal. So we don't mean it, so we'll just move it then. That's like saying, oh, so we're going to run out of the time frame for these injections, so we'll just move the expiration date so we can use them again. <laughs> Safe and effective. I mean, it's just it's subjective and it's ridiculous. As somebody points out, I just want to do, just point out the same thing. It's just it's so obvious how many of these people are blatantly not they don't don't care. Look at the, this woman with her mask is just frustrated the whole time. Is not looking at the information. Is just staring him down. How dare you challenge my virtue signaling? Right with with facts and scientific evidence as the literal expert on the topic. It's just crazy. You're right. A lot of the people here do not want to hear this. This guy seems to be typing the entire time. I don't know. Maybe he's taking notes on what he's saying, or maybe he's not even listening. Who knows? I also, on a side note, by the way, take note of this woman right here in the background behind him. It's very clear that she does not like what's going on and doesn't clap for him or anything like that and just rolling her eyes half the time. These people just don't care about the facts. Now, I'm being a little subjective here. I don't know for sure. Maybe I'm just interpreting what I think I'm seeing. But nonetheless, this one in the mask, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. But back to, back to his discussion. The, the, also, the uh, England Department of Education, I'm on the bottom of 20, um, noted that 94% of the teachers indicated that wearing face coverings has made communication more difficult, and 59% said much more difficult. Kuzelensky and their co-authors looked at 1,226 papers on masking, distilled it down to 109 qualitative and 49 quantitative, bottom of page 21. And they showed 27 adverse effects they could quantitate, including five specifically for children. 27 adverse events. This is a scientific, this, it's, this is blatantly mis ignored. We're not talking just about increased infection or 
you know, uh, hypoxia or hypercapnia or learning disabilities or inflammation. We're talking about other ones, 20 plus more on top of all of that, that they have quantified as a problem. But yeah, mandate them for children though. He five specifically just for kids. This is disgusting. I mean, this should make you really, really upset because these people, even even though it seems he did get through to most of them, clearly not that woman who's not reading it in the mask, but ultimately I'll show you this did go in the direction that it should have, the facts. Most places in this country don't care. So what's my answer and, and conclusion for all of you? Please put this in place. Masks have not ever been and cannot be a solution. Engineering controls of fresh air, filtration, destruction, have and always have, will be the best solutions. We don't have to worry, as the physician said earlier, about some future pandemic because the right solutions will always be engineering controls. They have been for 80 years. Thank you. Questions? Senator Avard. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you for your testimony. I'm just curious, is this all this information available on Google, and have you been uh, contacted by the media, whether Channel 9 or Fox News, to disperse this information because it seems to be new? Sorry, I muted. I'll, I'll get to the reaction in a second, but just this guy. So is this is this accessible on Google or what? Google? Really? These are the people that are in charge of what's supposed to happen? I mean, good God. I think these people don't know. I think, I think our entire leadership structure as it pertains to voting and the process is a damn illusion. If these people are actually in charge, we would be burned to the ground by now. Accessible on Google? You mean words and information? I mean, what a dumb thing to say. Are you pretending like everything anywhere is not accessible on Google or that information that's not true is not accessible on Google? I mean, what a dumb thing to say. Obviously, it's on Google, you moron. I'm sorry. I just I can't believe that's the kind of person that's in the. Anyway, the point then is not just that. Yes, it's on Google. But on top of that, it seems new. Your job is to be informed and pass policy based on the facts. And yet you have never heard this before. You mean despite the fact that this guy already, by the way, said that it went to the CDC in February or the fact that he's already discussed this on multiple platforms or the fact that the new, I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. And he's one of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people like myself and others, both in me- media as well as people in expert positions that have been screaming about this and been shouted down about it. Are we going to pretend that this guy hasn't heard the debate? Even in, even at the smallest context of saying like, may he heard it, but then was told it was fake news. Everything he just said has been openly debated and discussed on the corporate media, and they shout it down and say it's fake news. So he, th- I find it impossible that he's never heard this before. But nonetheless, it's new. Is it on Google? My God. This is engineered, in my opinion. Like the fact that we're in a position where these people are pretending to be your leaders. Contacted by the media, whether Channel 9. <clears throat> oh, and the last point is, as if that the media hadn't contacted him, that it wouldn't be real. Like, what if the media didn't contact him? What if it wasn't on Google? What if he hadn't talked about it? He's still an expert, and that's his expert testimony. Like, the fact that you have to rationalize and, and validate it by saying, was it on Fox News? Was it on the other channels? Was it, did it, can I find it on Google? This is the expert, guys. You don't need anything else. I mean, you do. My point is in the context of how this is supposed to go. Why would, I mean, you see my point. 
this is him finding other ways to, I argue, to try to undermine what he just said, despite the fact that he's the expert on the topic. Questions? Senator Avard. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you for your testimony. I'm just curious, is this all this information available on Google, and have you been uh, contacted by the media, whether Channel 9 or Fox News, to disperse this information because it seems to be new? Look at that. Um, uh, they all, they, the, the public laughs at him because that's a dumb thing to say. Either it shows you that you're not even trying to find information other than what you're spoon-fed, or you're too dumb to know it's there. Probably plenty more options than that, but my God. Um, the answer is it's not new. I have given six national podcast statements that are online. Um, our presentations of this material beginning in 2020, after I did the school in Ohio with 750 autistic children. The um, material, I spent almost a half a million of my own time and money building a studio and putting out 20 podcasts, summarizing all this. Each podcast, any study I cite will have the URL or the reference to the material. It is true more material is coming out with time, but the underlying uh, industrial hygiene, it's a field not well understood, but the underlying premises of industrial hygiene have been in place since 1950, which is engineering controls. 1950, so brand new on Google, you know. That's it. That's all I got, right? Are you sure this is new? Is this new? Is it in Google? That's it. That's all we got. Like, I just, I can't make fun of these people enough. Now, I, I don't want to be too mean because it does seem that this did go in the direction that you would have expected if it was an honest situation. So I'm just to be clear. I'm making fun of the guy in the end and the girl in the mask. If we're going to point at anybody, because it does seem that at some level, these people chose at least to not let this be as restrictive as it could be. And I just, the reason I said it like that is because there are some suggested masks should be worn here and there based on what he just outlined. These people should have stood up and said, everybody take them off right away that you shouldn't even allow people to wear them. Well, again, that's my point before that it should be your choice always. But there seems their policy right now is still to suggest that they should be wearing them, which means that they don't care about what he ultimately said, at least in the extent that they're going to still act like it's safe for you or that it's going to have an effect, despite the expert's testimony. So you see what I mean? It's a little bit of a mixed bag. But as long as they're not forcing people to wear them ever, then I'm okay with that, at least for the time being. At some point, we have to address the fact that they're misinforming them about what the right thing to do is, but that's another, another battle to be waged. Questions? Um, this is some of the most compelling testimony that I think this committee has heard, and Mr. Petty, we thank you. Um, Representative Blazek, would you work with, or perhaps you can just get your resume? Asking for a resume. That, that's the gist of it, guys. That's the end of it. You know, it's just that absolute slam dunk. Absolute. And that's not just because he said it or because he's an expert, but that taken in conjunction with everything else we've talked about. The endless amount of peer-reviewed studies that say the same thing, not statistically significant against transmission, or on top of that, the fact that it increases your risk of infection, on and on. Just so you can see it here, this is directly from the New Hampshire Senate live stream. So you just so you can see that, look, that's a good shot right there. Ugh, no, truth, oh no. But again, so you've seen it before. Oh, for the podcast, that probably sounded funny. I just, I zoomed in on the picture of that girl just caught in a weird face looking at him like, oh, it's kind of funny. But Honeywell, 
Same thing he pointed out in M3M. Same thing. It's a different company making the same mask. It says the same thing. Removes 95% to 0.3 plus microns. You just heard the expert tell you that they're way smaller than that and it's not working because of exactly what it says on top of other things. But don't forget that we also just went over these studies to finish up with this part showing you that the Lancet did their own version of what the CDC said they found. And guess what? They found the opposite. I know it's shocking, right? And their main point they said in here was important where it said that our study demonstrates that observational studies of interventions with small to moderate effect, which is what they said the CDC did, are prone to bias caused by selection and omitted variables. You want my opinion? They're basically calling the CDC liars. They're saying that they, oh, the, the CDC chose to do a very small study when they had plenty of resources and time. And that study found, hey, mass work. Except when the Lancet, or rather the, this group posted on the Lancet, specifically the University of Toronto, steps in and goes, okay, we'll take your study, do the exact same thing, but make it bigger, which would mean it would be more valid. And guess what they found? No difference. Almost like the CDC selectively edited that and made it look the way they wanted it to. Nah, it's not like they've been caught doing that 15 times throughout COVID-19, right? But on top of that, the biggest one you've already seen, which we just talked about, is the fact that it's called the Fugan effect. The fact that they're finding that masks being worn, and this is done throughout the state of Kansas, in every place that had a mask mandate, they had almost a twice the amount of, of fatality rate in regard to specifically COVID, not even counting other infections. But yeah, doesn't matter, right? Peer-reviewed study that finds that you're increasing your risk, again, if you wear this. But nope, don't, don't worry. This was a, don't talk about it. February 18th, 2022. Contribute to the COVID-19 case fatality rate. The study aimed to determine whether mandatory masks influence the fatality rate. Counties with mass mandates had significantly higher case fatality rates than others, with a ratio of one, almost two times the risk for COVID-related deaths. Even after adjusting it for protected persons, they still had a 1.52 increase. The Fogan effect, that is deep re-inhalation of hyper-condensed droplets or pure virons caught in face masks as droplets, can worsen prognosis and might be linked to long-term effects of COVID infection, so they're literally causing their own long-haul discussion that we're talking about. The Fogan effect is actually proven in other animal models. I think the main last point, I think just go right to the conclusion for you. The study revealed that wearing face masks might impose a great risk on individuals which could not be mitigated by a reduction in infection rate. Meaning that wearing this, even if there, you do reduce the infection rate, is still a greater risk. So it's not mitigated by that, even though that's also not happening. The use of face masks, therefore, might be unfit, if not contradicted, as an epidemiological intervention against COVID. Proving or disproving the Fugan effect using experimental studies is it should be a priority, but they're not going to do that. This was actually the most important one, I think. But it says, the Fugan effect can increase the overall viral load, meaning basically you're making your situation worse, but it says the... Oh, yeah, this was the important one. So the main point they make uh, the, to me that I thought was most important, not only that it's you're increasing your risk of illness and, in fact, increasing your fatality rate for COVID, but that even if you choose to wear a better mask, that's what they're doing. Use the N95s. Well, guess what? Use of the better versions, the N95 styles, with a higher droplet filtering capacity probably should cause an even stronger effect because the number of virons that are potentially re-inhaled increases in the same way. Another salient point is that COVID-19-related long-term effects and multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, MISC, may also be effects of the mask you're wearing. Who also said that? You know the answer. The point is, guys, this is so plainly obvious. Taken in conjunction with the expert testimony, it's never been more clear. They're hurting you. And add to that the only random-controlled trial of cloth masks that literally finds that they increase your risk of infection. But, you know, fake news. This is 2015, random-controlled trial. 
And then finally, these are the kind of people we're dealing with. I mean, good God. <laughs> she, she is. I mean, the point is they try to act like people like us are scared of something. How does that even make sense? What, what exactly would I be scared of if I'm not doing the, like, I'm not even saying that taking precautions is a bad thing. Do your own thing. If you want to wear a mask, do so. Know that it increases your risk and it makes you sick and it's going to make your teeth fall out if you wear it long enough and then on and on and on and on. And it does not actually have the effect you think it does, but you know, it's your choice. You can also wear it around your eyes if you want to. You can put it, it's whatever you want to do. It's your body. But the point is all of these things don't make sense. First of all, she's wearing a cloth mask. Second of all, she's wearing one of these face shields, which even the CDC said not to use, that it don't, doesn't work. And as she says, getting ready to do battle with unmasked, unvaxxed COVID, COVID idiots or COVOTs, COVIOTs, doesn't even get that right, on my plane to Charlotte to see my 99-year-old grandmother. Mask up, get vaxxed, get away, get boosted. This person follows up and says, I have a flight on Tuesday, I'll be double masked. And I've gone through COVID recently and it's not something I want again. <laughs> exactly. The day I found out I had COVID, I was scheduled to get my second booster. The person says, so you already had three shots and got a bad <laughs> Sounds like a great product. The point is, guys, this is obscene, insane, crazy, irrational, because the science does not back this up. It just doesn't. It's very, very clear. Even the CDC's own documentation before their manipulated studies during a pandemic or whatever you think is happening, all say the same thing. But yet these people, even as their own government says, no, now you can stop wearing it. They go, no, 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 I'm not going to stop wearing it. So you're not trusting the science then, even though that's not actually the science, but in your mind it was, but then you're still not trusting it. Like that's a little bit confusing, isn't it? These people have been scared. They've been tricked and they're confused and they're scared. Whether they realize it or not, they're convinced that there's some deadly thing that they're going to die from if they don't wear this piece of cloth on their face, which in fact is the very thing causing them to get sick. I would argue that a lot of this was aimed at people just like this, weak people that don't have the constitution to stand up for what they believe in. Or rather that they don't care at all to begin with because they're so ready to jump down whatever they're told to do. I'm not trying to make fun of this person. I feel bad for this person. I feel like she is struggling. And by the way, just so we're clear, this is the host of the Stephanie Miller show. Serious radio, progressive voices. They're misinforming people on a regular basis. The data is right there in front of you. Now, what's even funnier though, before, so they're now telling you cloth masks don't work. That's what they're saying. They never did. Neither do N95s in regard to virus transmission. But they, they'll they tell you that, as even admitted. Gottlieb already said it. Lena Len already said it. Or Lena Wen already said it. They don't work. They're nothing more than face decoration. Then she puts on the thing that the CDC has always said doesn't have an effect for, uh, for a long time now and thinks that that's keeping her safe. None of that is even what the current scientific arguments coming from the CDC even make sense of. So who is she trusting exactly? I don't even know. I don't even know where people are pointing at anymore. Maybe they're pointing back to the beginning of this because they didn't look anywhere else since. They still believe this is what they're supposed to do. And we're the ones that are hurting people, apparently. Now, finally, to recognize this where this seems to be going, I'm still not sure whether this is going to be the next thing, but this is coming from National Pulse, Fauci's recent $10 million monkeypox grant. Now, just because he got a grant from monkeypox does not therefore prove that this is some kind of planned event. But it's definitely relevant, guys. Just like with the, everything before COVID or anything before that, before going further back, or even going back to anthrax and smallpox during the 2001 forward, or even before, in fact, the point being that this is about how you can see that they're clearly in some degree aware, or rather there's foreknowledge to what they're doing here. 
Now, you could even argue it's because they're good at their jobs and they see it coming and they blah, 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 blah. But nonetheless, you should be able to discuss whether or not this is valid or whether or not the very action of doing this, then it drove them to pressure the discussion of this or to focus the media on it, whether or not it's dangerous. Like, you know, these are valid conversations. May 30th, Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Health Agency was funding research to identify treatments for monkeypox shortly before the virus began spreading in a global outbreak. Just like we saw before, the curious timing of the NIAID grant comes amidst pharmaceutical giants, including Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, making record-level profits due to COVID-19 pandemic. You know, while you can't beat your family, swimming in the cash. Quote, the funding supports a clinical trial to identify effective treatments for monkeypox virus disease, explains a summary of the research, which, despite being in September 2020, has not generated any publicly available studies, papers, or patents. That's a little confusing, isn't it? Even so, so right now there's still nothing going on, yet they're claiming that that's the focus. The bottom line, though, is that he got a grant for it. So where'd the money go? That seems like the big obvious point. But why in September 2020, during what we're saying is beginning of COVID, we're focusing on something as small and inconsequential, even at the time, as monkeypox. Even when they pretend, which is one of these moments they get caught in their own contradiction of saying, don't worry, smallpox vaccine works just fine. I mean, then, but then simultaneously pretending we focused back then on the monkeypox vaccine because we didn't have one. So either you didn't or you didn't. Contradictions everywhere. The point being, though, is why would they do this in 2020? Something that most people didn't even know about. It does definitely seem suspicious. The similarity between monkeypox and smallpox, coupled with concerns about the potential of the smallpox virus as a potential bioterrorism agent, have placed monkeypox treatments at the forefront of public health and scientific research agendas in many countries. I don't even understand why that's a logical statement to make. So you're telling me that because you're worried about smallpox being weaponized, that you decided to focus on the one of the abstract associations of that, which is in these pox virus wheelhouse, except it's very, very hard to transmit. It's not that dangerous for most people. And that's what you focus on. Right. Okay. So why then would you focus on it? Why not cowpox? Why not horsepox? Why not any of the rest of them? Or shingles or on and on and on. And by the way, many people would argue they're all the same thing. Chickenpox, whatever else. Right. So my point would be that if if you're going to pretend that that's the problem, that because the smallpox is a potential issue, why wouldn't you have simultaneous things all going on right into now? That's not just monkeypox, but all the rest of them. How did you know it would be monkeypox? Maybe because remember that they did the trial before this, the tabletop exercise, and found last year that exactly May fifteenth is when this would start in Britain, which is exactly what happened. Maybe that's why. Who knows? Just a possibility. But we have to, it's either a very, very lucky guess to pick the one thing that seems the most un, the most unlikely candidate, except now it's being focused on. I'm not saying I know for sure, but you have to admit that's a little bit suspicious. The grant, which is set to conclude September 27th, 2025, was distributed to Lori Dodd, who serves as mathematical statistician in the biostatistics research branch of the NIH. Dodd was previously exposed for her involvement in the NIH's effort to cover up the agency reportedly altering the endpoint in the trial testing of the effects of remdesivir against COVID to make it look more effective. Right, the one that's actually killing people. So these people are not to be trusted. The Wuhan Institute of Virology's recent research assembling strains of monkeypox virus to be conducting a PCR test is one of the obvious points to include here. That they were working, and they are working, in Wuhan to make a version of monkeypox that you can use PCR to test. Yeah, but there's nothing to be seen here. There's no weird connection to all of that. Now, I'm not saying we know for sure, but anybody with even the smallest discernment can be like, that's very strange. Then you can look back at what they've done before and be like, well, yeah, there's plenty of reason to be concerned here, guys. 
And also the PCR test, weird again, before, even though it's not actually relevant in the context of where it right now is, is the best thing to do. It's the definitive test for monkeypox. Now, why would that even be the case if PCR has barely been used up until now and monkeypox hasn't been focused on until right now? Because that's been there. Maybe because they were working on something. I mean, none of this really adds up. And there could be an explanation for it, but nobody cares to focus in on why this is so weird. Now, Orwell points out the CDC panel recommends monkeypox vaccines for lab workers now. I keep seeing these very small steps forward that are not happening as quickly as they did with COVID, but this sure as hell seems to be continuing. If they're not, why, would, why in the world would you recommend an injection that's not appropriate? Again, I'll show you that in a second. That's for a different version of this, which again, I'll come back to. I'll show you this real quick. Oops, wrong one. Where they're the ones telling you there is no proven safe treatment for monkeypox right now. Still says that even on the new version. I'll show you in a second. So why then would you continue, why would you say take that then? Take the smallpox injection that we don't even know is safe and effective for something that's not very dangerous for the vast majority of people, on top of the fact that we're talking about this as a new version of this, so maybe it's not even the same thing, they've admitted that, and and for people that, what, there's been three cases now in the United States, and you're going to say they should take an injection for something? I mean, how does that possibly add up? I mean, it's just, it's fear-mongering at the very least profiteering from vaccination at at the next step forward. But come on, guys, there's something very alarming here. Maybe it's just about keeping the continuity of what would happen if they take this next step. That anytime they say so, injections, lockdowns, quarantine, everything. Even though none of that has been shown to actually have the effect they claimed it would when COVID first began or whatever it really was. 27th, disease-carrying monkeys used in taxpayer-funded medical experiments threaten public health. Just on a quick side note about whether or not this is something that they also accidentally, you know, created, accidentally created, however you want to look at this, if that's what's happening. Thousands of potentially disease-ridden monkeys crisscross the United States, often without legal required inspections. We actually just talked about a version of this. According to primate researchers, the monkeys are destined for labs where they've used for medical research that most often produces little in the way of meaningful results, but they're traveling back and forth after being infected with things, and that's not a risk, a concern? Apparently not. Now, on top of that, Jesse Zerwald points out that in early 2021, the New York Times reported on, quote, talk in the biomedical industry about creating a strategic monkey reserve for vaccine testing in the United States. Isn't that weird? An emergency stockpile similar to those maintained by the government for oil and grain. He points out that at the time, there was a global shortage of these monkeys to be used, which is just gross to me. Why in the world we're okay with this constant testing on these sentient beings that deserve your respect? Makes me sick. You're hurting these pe- these animals every time. You're putting them through torture and pain, and nobody cares about that. But it goes on to say, the United States once relied on India to supply these monkeys, but in 1978, India halted that. Why? Well, because they found out, or it was reported to the people, that they were using them to test in the military. Right, because people don't want this stuff to happen. More often, uh, it says, what's more, the admission of the COVID-19 injections long ago became worthless as the new variants of the coronavirus threaten to make the current batch of vaccines obsolete, scientists are racing to find new sources of monkeys. Right, well, they're not telling you that now, but again, here's the thing. This was 2021. They're admitting to you exactly what they pretend isn't the case right now, that the things they're currently giving people for things that are not there are hurting you. As new variants of the coronavirus threaten to make them new batches obsolete, this is 2021. Delta, Omicron, yeah, that's exactly what ultimately happened, at least what they said happened. So they're racing to find new sources of monkeys. Why? Because they need to make something else. 
That's exactly what they're saying here. Except today, they're going, no, no, take your first shot of this thing that's not even relevant to you. In fact, will probably hurt your body, cause antibody-dependent enhancement when you actually do come up against something different. Nobody cares. You're giving them something that produces antibodies for something that's not currently there. I'm not saying in in the context of not existing, that's also possible, but in regard to the fact that their narrative is this is a different variant that's transmitted, it's changed so many times that you're producing antibodies for something that's not currently relevant. So those antibodies go on to potentially hurt your body, which is what even Fauci said in the beginning of this. Isn't it amazing how obvious this is and their own information from moments ago, just like with Ukraine, they just shift on a dime and pretend like you're too dumb to see it. Jesse goes on to say what's more, the next part says, his research thus far hasn't turned up any evidence of an emergency stockpile of test monkeys. So what ultimately happened there? But the National Anti-Vivisection Society, that's gross, has petitioned the Biden administration not to not create one. In any case, the U.S. government has been warmongering its orthopox virus attack for nearly 25 years. That's also interesting because show you that they've been planning for this, but also that it doesn't make it as concerning for the smallpox um, predictions, like from Gates and so on. But more so the weird shift to monkeypox late at the, at the last second is what I find most interesting. I also do find it very telling when people like Gates will say those things, but there's arguments that can be made there, so I don't tend to focus on them. I do find them relevant, though. But he points out, he references the great interview with Professor Christian Perron and, and Taylor Hudak. But to his point, a lot of this suggests that there's something much more interesting going on behind the scenes here. And this is what he references, by the way, with no none other than Tara O'Toole. One of the usual suspects, Whitney and I have talked about a lot, smallpox and attack scenario. This goes back to 1999. They've been studying and testing on these ideas for a long time. Finally, think about how there's a, and I mean, we've talked about shingles. We've talked about the multiple different versions of side effects that the injection can cause in different ways that look like something that would be called smallpox. I think three different examples have shown you of peer-reviewed studies that find that the injection can cause this thing, and that looks just like smallpox or monkeypox or whatever else. And a guarantee would be misconstrued as such if given a PCR test with high false positives. But it says under the CDC's page for smallpox, vaccine adverse reactions. So this is people, these are people taking the smallpox vaccine and having an adverse reaction. And what does it look like? Things that would be misconstrued potentially as monkeypox. Just, you know, a little more of an abstract version of it, but just take a look at this. Just, you know, spo- uh, you know, heads up, it's a little bit gross, graphic, but it says, these are the, these are images below that show auto-inoculation sites and adverse reactions to smallpox vaccine. First of all, why you would want to risk this is beyond me. These are disgusting looking. On the podcast, it's pretty rough. But you could also see how this could be called something that's a pox. And it's something that's been caused by the injection you're given for monkeypox. Just add it to the list. Then, of course, it says CNN reporting that the U.S. is in the process of releasing monkeypox vaccine from their national stockpile for high-risk people. It's happening right now. So healthcare workers are, well, you should get it. And now the, the U.S. is in the process of releasing them from the strategic national stockpile, which they've already, which Robert Cadillac from the past, all these people involved in that are usual suspects that have lied to you about things like their emergent biosolution type injections for anthrax that hurt lots of people and they knew it would, didn't tell anybody, on and on and on, yet these people are not in jail. They're all connected to this kind of stuff. And the point is, for high-risk people, not health workers, but anybody that they deem at high risk, probably pregnant, immunocompromised, all the things that are at the most dangerous, but they don't care. As it says here, the United States is responding to a request for the release of monkeypox vaccines from the strategic national stockpile as a global outbreak of cases under investigation. Really? 
There's one confirmed case of monkeypox and four suspected cases in the United States. And that's what they're doing? Mick, this person said the United States has a good stock of vaccine because it's been preparing for the possibility of needing to use these doses of smallpox for 30, 20 years. So they pay for them. They, they throw them away or whatever that happens with them. Probably give them to foreign countries and pretend they're still okay, which is what they've done before. And they just keep them on hand this whole time. You're paying for that. In the United States, the two-dose Gynios vaccine is licensed to prevent smallpox and specifically to prevent monkeypox. That is a lie. The way that they use this sentence, that's not meant to mean that they're both licensed. They're not. One says this is licensed to prevent smallpox and specifically to prevent monkeypox. They, I mean, that, you, I, I can't, I, I'm not even pretend that they tried to, that's a blatant lie. I've gone over this in the past, and this is the main point, because right here, I'll tell you, there currently is no proven safe treatment for monkeypox virus. That's not just vaccines. That's anything. No proven safe treatment. It's not safe, not effective. We haven't proven any of this. But here's CNN blatantly lying to you. Licensed to prevent monkeypox. Are they going to get it? Are they going to get exposed? Are they going to get removed, censored for fake news and misinformation? Are they going to get arrested? Nope. Not that they should. But they can blatantly misrepresent the reality and nothing will ever happen because that's usually what they want to happen. The last point, finally, as we close up the show today, here's what it just said. This is as of May 11th. May 11th. And past that, actually, I think it probably went up for another week or so. But it says there's no treatment. And since we last showed you this, here's what it looks like now. So, yeah, there's no agenda here or anything. Weird. It's like a whole another. They added a whole book. Why? Is there new information about monkeypox? No. At the very least, we have questions that are new. Whether this is new, a different thing. Okay, so if it's possibly a new or a different thing, or even a new version of monkeypox, then why would you alter the entire page for monkeypox to say just what you're assuming is happening now? Because there's more happening here than what's actually right for you, safe for you, keeping you healthy. This is an aggressive political agenda. You know as well as I that you would first wait for this information to be fleshed out before you would alter the page where people go to to be informed, or so they think. My point about that dumpy guy in the end of the chair in New Hampshire Senate is he would read this page and think he knows what's going on because that's what he's been taught is what smart people do. Is this on Google? Okay, then I'm, I'm good. How do you explain that this would change so dramatically in less than a week? Now, let's show, you can read this for yourself, but they might, the, the one-stop point here, this is adding everything from the COVID narrative to meet the monkeypox step here. As it says, the prognosis for monkeypox depends on multiple factors, such as previous vaccination status and comorbidities. None of this was even, was anywhere about monkeypox before, because it was very, very rare in humans. It didn't spread very easily. There was no quarantine measures, none of this stuff. And yet now it's just like, oh, vaccination status and comorbidities. They're just jamming in the COVID narrative on top of this. It's embarrassing. Then finally down here, it says, well, currently there's no specific treatment approved for monkeypox virus infections. Again, still making sure you see that CNN is lying to you, but they have to alter a little bit. Still saying there's no, again, days ago, it said no proven or safe treatment. And they altered that to no specific treatment approved. Is it safe? Is it effective? Nobody, we'll, we'll move those words out of there because we don't like to use them when we know the answer to that. My God, the following medical countermeasures are currently available in the strategic national stockpile. T-pox, 
which by the way is the one that Dr. McCullough pointed out. Weird that they won't make, this is only now being discussed, but then we have other things like this Vistide. The point being, none of these are the injections that they're pointing at here. So CNN lying to you, as usual. But the bottom line is, guys, this is alarming change to meet what they want you to think is currently happening. At the very best, this stuff is still up in the air. That's probably why this is interim clinical guidance, even though here now it just says treatment. <laughs> Something obviously strange is happening. But as always, guys, the point is for you to think for yourself, to come to your own conclusions about it. Oh, we've got a little sun coming through here. It's important for you to come to your own conclusions. Don't just listen to me. Don't just trust what I'm saying. Look into it. Look through it. Do your research and recognize that it's very, very obvious if you just show the discernment. That's my opinion, obviously. But if, even if you disagree with me, as long as you dive through this and do the research, that's all I want from people. I'm of the belief that if you really do that, it's unbelievably obvious. But just look at the data. Look at the research. Now, today, two things I want to leave you with before I go. One of which is that there's a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine, that is going through some tough times right now. And I just I just want people out there to take a moment with me, not necessarily on the show right now, but if you want to, but just, I'm not going to give any more details than that, but I just want people to take a moment and send that energy out there, positive energy, healing energy to somebody that is a, is a, somebody that deserves our support, a very good person that fights for other people all the time. And I just want us to put that energy out in the world healing energy to keep this person safe. It's important. Now, finally, as I said before, you know, as you may well know, I'm going through some tough times myself. And I just wanted to do a little ending here that just kind of gave a shout out to that, to somebody very special in my life that changed my life, that changed everything, that is the reason this show is what it is, and that has always been somebody by my side that I miss dearly. And I want you all to remember how important she always will be to this show. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.